Adult content intended for an adult audience only as this contains explicit words, thoughts, and ideas. The content of this story is purely fiction and not intended for anything but the enjoyment of the listener. If you do not agree with the themes listed in the tags, please do not listen to the story. All characters engaging in sexual relationships or activities are 18 years old or older. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link in the comments to further support this author. This podcast is part of the Erotica Podcast Network. Support us on Patreon to make requests for subjects you would love to hear. Thank you to those who have already reached out. Hollow Pleasure Part 3 by Jackal 54641 Chapter 06 Two be her instructor drove the trainees home today, serving as their chauffeur. And it was with good reason. Kate Galloway's eyes were still burning like fire from the chemical mace. Her sinuses were closed, and a nasty tickle lingered at the back of her throat, threatening to send her into another coughing spell until the bile rose from her stomach. She tried her best to ignore it. She had already vomited once today. Shower carefully, Galloway, her instructor advised, dropping her off in front of her building. Otherwise the water will wash the chemicals from your hair right back into your eyes. She could barely bring herself to talk, still sniffling like she'd had a good crying fit. But she managed to flash him a thumbs up and a toothy half-smile that looked more like she was doing a poor impression of a cartoon pirate. She carried her gear inside, pausing several times to hold back a cough. He was waiting for her in the front hallway. Hi Galloway, I saw you get dropped off. Ethan held the door for her. How was Mace training? He asked with a mixture of excitement, relief that she was still alive, and concern for her sickly appearance. She managed a mucus-filled gasp from the back of her nose. So does that mean you aren't immune? Despite his crutches, he took her gear from her and helped her carry it. She didn't protest today. Today she needed all the help that she could get. Ethan guided her up the stairs. He could tell by the way she staggered and blinked that she was still fighting the burn in her face. When they reached her door she noticed he was carrying a grocery bag in addition to her gear. What's in the bag? She asked. Her runny nose made her voice sound funny. I heard that milk is supposed to help stop the burning. He produced a fresh gallon. You're my hero. She smiled through the pain. She would hug him if she wasn't so sure that the mace would end up on him too. They went inside. Galloway dumped her gear at the door and hurriedly rummaged through the cabinets of her cluttered kitchen. Finally she came out with a large mixing bowl. She poured the entire jug into it, and half a second later she plunged her face into the cold milk. She opened her eyes under the white murk and blinked for a while, moving her eyes up, down, left, and right. Ethan stood, watching her quirky display with uncomfortable interest. After a full two minutes he became nervous. But finally Galloway pulled her head out of the bowl and let out a pleasurable sigh. Ah! The milk ran down her face and hair. Ethan found himself chasing the long white trails with his eyes. They ran past her neckline. Her tank top was already showing much of her body, but the way the drops collected and ran between her lovely sea cups was slightly mesmerizing. Galloway seemed not to care that it was running down her top and wetting it to her skin. Maybe she wanted Ethan to see the way it clung to her figure, her nipples getting hard from the cold liquid. Her tits seemed to be standing out extra prominent today in her tank top. Feel better? he asked, snapping himself out of it. He didn't want to get caught looking and risk their friendship over something so stupid. Very much so. 
Thanks. I owe you one. She pulled out the roll of paper towels and began to dab her face. So what all did you do? He asked pulling up a stool at her kitchen table island. When she talked her nose still sounded stuffy, like she was getting over a cold, but she was less strained. Ethan thought that she must have really been in pain earlier. But she didn't let on. That's just the kind of person Kate Galloway was. The instructor met with us. She explained. He was this huge meaty guy with a shaved head and muscles the size of basketballs. He had scars all over his scalp, and broken teeth could have been a boxer. He told us his name was John, but everyone calls him Pee-wee Dot. Ethan giggled. I can't imagine calling someone like that Pee-wee. Yeah, we felt silly too, so we just called him Sir, Galloway admitted. So anyway, the big guy hands us the mace, shows us how to work it, and makes us each spray him full blast in his face. Oh my god! The dude didn't even flinch. It was crazy. Wow, maybe I'm immune too. You never know. Galloway smirked, pulling out two bottles of water from the fridge and handing one to Ethan. She cracked her own and chugged it. Afterward she let out a belch. Okay, Mr. Tough Guy. I can tell you, I am definitely not immune. So after we each blast him, it's our turn. He goes right down the line, one rookie after another. Shoots each of us in the face. And one by one, me and the other rookies collapse, crying and screaming and rolling on the ground. I was one of them. I can't imagine you crying. You're like, you're like a superhero or something. She cocked her eyebrow. You think way too highly of me. It hurt. It hurt bad. My eyes, my lips, my mouth, my nose. As if that couldn't be bad enough, one by one, he leads each of us to a storage shed. He gives us a handful of cards ace of clubs, or two of diamonds, etc. He's got matching cards hidden all over the inside of this shed. He had filled the entire shed with maize spray, a cloud of it. We had to go in and search around and try to find as many matching cards as we could. And breathing that crap in isn't any better than having it sprayed in your face. The second it goes up your nose or down your throat, it makes you gag. And it makes you cough involuntarily you know those long coughing fits where you hack so hard you almost puke. Ethan scrunched his nose but nodded his head. Yeah, we did puke. At least I did. She swigged more of her water. Her throat was raspy. That sounds rough. Galloway nodded slowly and stuck out her lower lip to look pouty. I've had better days. Sorry, Ethan said. No worries, I'm better now. Are you sticking around for dinner? Ethan made an indecisive sound. You said your boyfriend is coming over. Maybe I should hang out at my place tonight. Galloway stared at him. Don't get weird on me. He glanced up, his eyes widened. Clearly he was surprised to have been called out like that. She made her declaration before he could reflect on it more. You're staying. Despite his concerns, he found himself unable to argue with her. He only nodded and the matter was settled. Ethan eyed the refrigerator door. He recognized his note hanging on the front. You kept that? He was surprised. Galloway paused, then glanced at the door until she got his meaning. Oh, of course I would. It makes me smile every time I read it. Really? Duh, I wouldn't hang it up if it didn't. Galloway started dinner prep, making small talk with the neighbor boy, describing a lot of the training regiments and some of the cool stuff she got to do, leaving out many of her insecurities about the career change this time, although they would always be there. Eventually they were joined by Galloway's boyfriend who let himself into the apartment. Ethan wasn't sure what he expected in a guy who was able to date Kate Galloway, but Scott Quinn was definitely not it. 
Perhaps Ethan was imaging someone tall and muscular, so good-looking that it was unfair. Someone who was so perfect that it was irritating. This wasn't the case. He showed up in gym clothes loose baggy shorts, and a gray t-shirt that was so faded that Ethan couldn't tell what the logo had once been. The boy wasn't trying to look too closely, but he found himself scrutinizing what, in his eyes, was an interloper. Galloway's boyfriend wasn't muscular but he wasn't fat either. He was somewhere in between solidly built with a broad chest probably a hairy one. He wasn't a bad-looking guy, he guessed. But there was something kind of plain about Quinn, as though he'd just stopped trying. He had dirty blonde hair and matching scruff, like he hadn't shaved in a week. He had a strong jaw that reminded Ethan of actor David Keith, and naturally it made his mouth his dominant feature. When he grinned, boyish dimples appeared. To Ethan, Quinn felt a little too on the surface, like he wore an emotional mask. He wasn't sure why, but there was something darker beneath that surface. But what stood out the most about Quinn was his walk. He moved with an unusual stride rigid and upright. His arms stuck out like he thought he was in better shape than he really was, his chest was puffed out like he was flexing, and his back was oddly straight. Ethan had seen a few guys like this at his physical therapy appointments. Was something wrong with Quinn's back? Ethan, this is Scott. Galloway introduced them. You can just call me Quinn. He stuck out his hand. Ethan shook it, feeling small and frail by comparison. Apparently Galloway was comfortable addressing him by his last name as well. Quinn, this is my friend, Ethan, from across the hall. Ah, you're the one who's been hooking up with Galloway when I'm not around? He teased slightly. Ethan was suddenly nervous. What? No, I'm not, he insisted. Big guy, confident way of talking, overly proud walk, and a short brainless name like Quinn. Ethan was already deciding that he didn't much like him. Hey, Galloway is hot. You've got good taste, Quinn said with a shrug. Galloway smacked him with the back of her hand. It's not like that, she told him, in a voice that sounded serious and warning. It made Ethan feel stupid, like they were sharing a secret and he was left out of. Okay, okay, Quinn said. To Ethan, she said, if you think my training is cool, you'd really be interested in talking to Quinn. He was a state trooper, after we worked together at the casino. Ethan was a bit surprised. Quinn didn't seem the type. That's cool, he said, but it sounded like his enthusiasm was forced even though he didn't mean it to come out that way. Well, used to be, Quinn said. His gaze turned away from both of them. He didn't seem like he wanted to talk much about it. How'd the training go? He asked. She told him. Ethan found himself zoning out, having heard it before. Quinn listened as he carried a gym bag into the bedroom. A change of clothing to apparently spend the night. He laughed when she mentioned that she puked. I've been there. He pretend shivered remembering when he had to do it with the state police. It was awful, wasn't it? Oh God, yeah. Wait till they certify you with the tasers. Galloway looked alarmed. Are you being serious? He nodded somberly. My advice, bring a change of pants. Galloway glanced at Ethan and couldn't resist the spreading smile. Quinn, you pee yourself a lot. How do I know it was really from the taser or not? Quinn sighed. Ethan, never tell Galloway a secret. She'll spill it at the worst possible times. Galloway snickered. All this talk of making a mess is reminding me that I'm still a mess. Do you boys mind being my heroes and watching the stove so I can grab a quick shower? Why don't you leave the door unlocked and maybe we'll join you? Quinn smirked. Galloway giggled and reddened slightly. Shut up, Quinn. Ethan wasn't sure what to make of that comment.
He was sort of jealous that another guy could make her giggle. But why was she turning red? Surely it was just a joke. Okay, okay. How about just leave the door open and treat us to a show? Fuck off. She gave him the finger and headed for the bathroom. The truth was that both of them sort of minded being alone with each other. When Galloway left them, they sat in tense silence for what felt like hours. Ethan was uncomfortable in general with most people. And so far, at face value, Quinn didn't have many qualities that Ethan found redeeming. He was lacking in things to say. Quinn was also struggling. The kid looked nervous and bashful, and Quinn didn't want to make him feel more awkward than the situation called for. Plus Galloway really liked Ethan, so he didn't want to mess anything up by saying something dumb of which he did often. He remained cautiously silent, almost businesslike. So, Quinn said at one point, What grade are you in? I graduated, Ethan said. Congrats. Any plans? Ethan shrugged. Quinn paused, trying to think of what to say next. Do you like sports? Not really. Quinn instantly chided himself as he glanced at Ethan's crutches. What a dumb question that was. Another silence. Quinn was starting to feel like the asshole new stepdad in a Disney movie. He pretended to busy himself with the food on the stove, though there was really nothing to do with it. They both wished Galloway would hurry up. The steam billowed around Galloway's nude figure. Fuck, it felt amazing on her sore muscles. She let the hot water patter on her face, and run pleasantly down between her breasts, over the flat of her tummy, and down between her strong thighs. She found her hand traveling along the same path as the water, feeling her smooth, wet skin. Quinn was finally here. Galloway always had a very active libido, but lately she'd been crazy horny. More so than normal. Quinn spending the night meant she'd finally get the fucking that she so desperately needed. And after the week she had, she was positive it would be rough, wild, and last a long time. But now, alone in the shower with the looming thoughts of what was to come tonight, Galloway was finding it harder and harder to wait. Her hand roamed her body. It came to rest between her thighs, and she couldn't resist touching herself a little. She shut her eyes, enjoying the sensation of the warm water on her naked skin. Her finger glided along her pussy. She was tingling, everything extra sensitive from neglect, and she resisted the urge to moan. Quinn had suggested leaving the bathroom door open. Her hitting him wasn't entirely to scold him for the obscene joke in front of Ethan. The fact was, there was a lot of truth to Quinn's teasing. Though they loved each other, and had a bond that far surpassed simple love, he and Galloway had always been very open about sex, especially with their partners. They might be exclusive emotionally, but definitely not sexually. The two of them often involved others in their sexual activities, especially when they were younger. It was part of what brought them together. Their first time having sex had been at the urging of a swinger couple that got drunk with them. Ever since then, she and Quinn didn't shy away from group sex from time to time. They were sexually adventurous, and neither was especially jealous when it came to sharing the fun with others. So her smacking Quinn wasn't just about the lewd joke. It was also out of fear that he might be serious. Ethan seemed like a wholesome kid. He wouldn't understand the sorts of devious things that Galloway enjoyed doing with her former partner. Quinn's suggestion sort of scared her, because he might really mean it. It was hard to tell, and it gave her a small trembling thrill. Quinn always gave her a sense of anxiety that he might orchestrate some sort of hot sexual adventure that would catch her off guard and surprise her. Anytime they drank together, or met up with friends, or hung out with old work buddies, Galloway was on edge that they'd somehow parlay it into an inappropriate hookup with those around them. Even simple get-togethers became pulse-poundingly exciting, 
wondering if they'd do something naughty, but it also came with a lot of stress. What if he'd been serious about Ethan? It wouldn't be the first time Quinn suggested that he share Galloway with a friend. And Ethan was such a nice guy, stuck in an unfortunate situation. He was charming and definitely cute, in that shy boy way that Galloway found endearing. Honestly, if Ethan came in here and joined her in the shower, she wouldn't mind it. Her only cause to hesitate was the fear of ruining her friendship with him. Although the thought of her two men coming in here right now, sandwiching her body with theirs, not a word spoken, just rushing her, picking her up, and taking her, stuffing her with their cocks, using her body for their pleasure. Galloway gasped as she pushed her fingers deeper into her body. Her other hand slid up to her chest, cupping one of her heavy breasts. She pinched her nipples between her fingers as the warm water cascaded over her. Her lips parted and she let some of the shower water run into her mouth. Fuck, how was she so horny all the time lately? She spread her legs as her hand caught the rhythm. Her pussy was soaked, and she knew it wasn't from the shower water. She ought to be exhausted after her training, yet somehow she had crazy amounts of energy to pleasure herself. Her hips began to work on their own, humping back against her hand. As her fingers drove in and out of herself faster, she thought about opening the bathroom door, calling them in there. Quinn would be willing. Ethan, maybe she could throw him against the wall, shove her lips to his, kiss him hard and deep. She knew he would like that. It would be the thrill of his life. She was sure that once she started kissing him, he'd discover what his body was capable of, and it would surprise him. Her heart sped up. It wasn't just an inkling of an idea anymore. She was seriously considering it. How easy it would be to make this happen, she realized. Why even do this in the shower? She could easily shut off the water and go strutting out there into the living room, fully nude, wet and glistening. Her new muscles and strong fit body on full display for them. Ethan's shocked face drinking her in. She'd lay across her kitchen counter slash table and she would be the main course. The hell with dinner. They could fuck her any way they wanted for as long as they wanted and she would beg them for more. She would be their willing slut. Galloway's hands fucked herself furiously. She couldn't bring herself to stop. She knew she should. Finish your damn shower and go have dinner with them. Her mind screamed at her. But that voice sounded very far away, and her hands and body were telling her otherwise. She couldn't stop touching herself. She was too worked up. She needed a sexual release, and her fingers alone just couldn't cut it. Her heart thundered in her chest. Her breathing was coming fast now, and she knew why Galloway's mind was made up. She was going to do this, now. I'm going to, she said softly to the hiss of running water. She needed it too badly. It was worth the risk. Ethan might flee her apartment, forever thinking of her as a detestable slut. But she doubted that he liked her. He would stay. He wouldn't resist much, especially when she started to touch him, to kiss him, to beg him for it. Galloway opened her eyes and went to turn off the water. But the shower water ran from her hair down into her eyes. The pain was sudden and blinding. The mace that was still in her hair was burning her all over again. She dropped to her knees and fought to not scream. All plans of being a diabolical slut were washed away with her burning face. One aide Danny Esposito was nervous. She usually was whenever she called to video chat with her brother Bill. There was always a tremendous amount of fear that someone else would answer some commander or buddy of his, and they'd have terrible news that something awful happened to him. Or worse that he wouldn't answer at all, she'd hear nothing more, and there'd be nothing she could do. But tonight she had a new fear. She wasn't sure why because ever since this morning, 
she had never been more sure of anything. She had arrived at an epiphany that made so much sense, it was a wonder that she hadn't thought of it sooner. But there was still the fear that he wouldn't be okay with it, that he'd reject her. Her stomach was filled with butterflies as she lay on her bed beneath the cozy covers, watching the FaceTime connection icon. Her heart was pounding. The screen changed. The familiar olive tent, the familiar foot locker, the familiar pinups on the walls, and the familiar man lounging on his cot. Hey, Danny. Bill smiled easily through the image. His eyes were half shut, fully relaxed, not a care in the world. That was a good sign. That meant there was no imminent danger, and nothing coming up anytime soon. But still, that didn't alleviate Danny's nerves. If anything, it only made her more afraid. But laying there, in his drab t-shirt that hugged his muscular chest, Danny couldn't help but admire him. Bill was attractive. Tina was right about that. Like a superhero. Her superhero. She was more sure now than ever. H. Hey, Bill. What are you doing? She asked, nervously chewing the tip of her finger. Just enjoying some R and R time. Probably going to take a little nap after our brother-sister catch-up time. He smiled, resting his head on his pillow. How's it going over there? The girl's treating you any better? Danny shrugged subtly. Her eyes felt restless. They went from Bill's eyes, down his neck, and moved lower to his powerful arms and pecs. She wanted to rest her head on those heavy muscles. Her eyes weren't the only thing restless. She couldn't stop herself. Her hand wandered beneath the blankets on her bed. They're still being weird, Danny admitted. Despite her efforts to sound normal and composed, her cheeks flushed red. Her voice let out a soft squeak. Give them time, Bill said. Maybe they're still settling into the new place. Again, she shrugged. But her lips parted. A sigh escaped her mouth and caught in her throat. She tried to cover it with a cough. Bill squinted at her through the screen. Danny, you're extra squeaky tonight. Everything okay? Just worried about you, that's all, she said dismissively. Her heart was beating a mile a minute. Her hands were shaking. Her face felt like it was on fire. But still, she couldn't bring herself to stop. Bill smiled a warm, genuine smile. I'm still alive, he said, humming a few notes of a song that Danny had forced him to listen to recently. You know, if you're this worried while I'm overseas literally surrounded by armor and soldiers, how are you going to be when I get home and have access to alcohol, cars, and your boy-crazy friends? He laughed. You'll have to put me in a plastic bubble. Danny didn't seem to be listening. Her eyes fluttered for a second, she tilted her face up to the ceiling, and another squeaky gasp escaped her mouth. When she noticed Bill eyeballing her, she returned her focus. That's not what I'm worried about. I'm worried about other things. Okay, now you're being overly vague. What are you worried about? He cocked his head. Danny glanced at the pinups on the walls in Bill's tent. Aren't you lonely over there? Have you met my fellow Marines? I can't get away from them. Bill smirked. That's not what I meant, Danny replied. She nodded toward the pinup behind Bill's head. He followed her gaze, then turned back with an even bigger smirk. Really? I'm in a war zone, and you're worried about my dating life? Bill, be honest with me for one minute, Danny said. Her hands were trembling. She was slow walking herself to this moment out of sheer hesitation like she was about to jump into a pool of freezing cold water. Okay, there's not really any women over here. But that's fine, I'm not staying here forever. What about hookups? Bill's brow furrowed but he looked no less worried. What about them? Again, there's no opportunities. What's up with you?
Why are you so worried about getting me laid? You never were before. Well, I heard that soldiers have a stronger will to live when they're in a relationship. I know if you had a girlfriend back home, you'd have someone who could send you real pinups, or you could video chat with from more devious things. Danny commented. One hand was very busy, the other went to her mouth. She nervously chewed her nail. Bill held up his hand. Trust me, it's better to be single over here. I saw the movie Jarhead. I'd rather be alone and bored with myself than worrying that my girl is hooking up with someone else. Did Tina put you up to this? Are you trying to set us up on some weird long-distance friends with benefits sort of thing? That's not it. You're a guy. You have needs. And you don't have someone back home. Danny insisted. Someone to make you feel special. Bill's brow lifted and he smiled again, his eyes crinkling at the corners. I have you. That's all I need. Danny's cheeks reddened. She smiled nervously. You're right, Bill. You do have me. She bit her lip and slowly started to peel back the covers. Danny, you're trembling. Are you all right? But Danny was already zooming out with the screen. Bill was able to see her laying on her side, looking into the camera on her nightstand. The slender shape of her figure began to appear. The blanket slid down her shoulders first, then lower. I dash. She squeaked softly. I want you to have me. She managed to say. Bill didn't seem to understand. The confusion apparent on his face. I want to be that person for you. She said, her face nervous and flushed. Then the blankets slid past her small perky breasts. She was wearing nothing beneath the covers. The moment it dawned on Bill that he was seeing his sister's bare chest, his expression turned even more confused, with an incredible amount of shock. Danny, what is this dash? He started. I want to be that person to satisfy your needs. Danny said softly. The blanket slid down to reveal her flat tummy. Her belly button stud shined brightly against the glare of the screen. Your emotional needs, she said softly. And your sexual needs. Danny, you're my sister. Bill's face had gone ashen, then bright red. His eyes were huge. Exactly. You'll never have to worry that I'll meet someone else while you're gone. Because I'll always be there to love you. I want to be that thought that keeps you company in the dark. She continued, and when you have needs, I want you to close your eyes and think about me. The blanket slid past the curve of her hips. Her hand was over her crotch, but she slowly spread her legs and moved her hand away. She'd been playing with herself in excited anticipation for this moment. Her pussy was bare and shaved. Her pink lips were moist from where she'd already gotten herself started. She kicked the blankets away and lay there, completely naked, fully exposed. Her long, dark hair hung over one shoulder like a supermodel. Tina had always said that Danny was built like one. It was time to let her brother see her as one, too. Bill's face was a mask of shock. He was flustered as he struggled to process all of this. I love you, Bill, her young mousy voice said. I always have, as more than just a sister. It's okay, you can look at me. You can look at me all you want. Just lay back and watch and let me take care of you. Danny, I dash. Bill started to stammer out some inevitable protest. Sure. I know. Just look at me. She murmured. She tilted her head back and moaned softly at the ceiling. Between her legs, her trembling fingers returned to pussy. She found her clit and began to rub in fast little circles. The feeling, the thrill, it coursed up and down her body. Danny shivered. Her flesh broke out in goosebumps as the realization sank in. Her brother was seeing her masturbate. Danny moaned again, 
a soft sensual high-pitched moan. On, she gasped, biting her lip and shutting her eyes for a moment. Then she turned her head back to the screen. I'm thinking about you right now, Bill. Your eyes, your mouth, your body, those strong arms, your cock. Bill looked pale, his eyes a storm of conflicting thoughts. He was trying to piece together just what the hell was going on. You can touch yourself, Bill. I won't freak out. Your hand is my hand. I just want to make you feel so good. I want you. I've never wanted anyone the way that I want you. Her voice was begging. Pleading. Her hands spun in quick little circles on her pussy. She flipped her hair back, reached her other hand up and began to roll her nipple between her fingers. Oh, oh, yes. She whispered. Bill seemed to overcome his initial shock. Danny. He urged her. When she looked back at the screen, she saw that he wasn't looking at her. He was looking away, his eyes slightly averted. His face was bright red. He didn't know what to do. The mixture of emotions was obvious on his face. And none of them were the reaction she was hoping for. He looked surprised, worried, afraid, confused, embarrassed, and slightly sad. His mouth struggled to form the words. Danny. I. I have to go. He said. And then he disconnected and the screen went blank. Danny's disappointment combined with the pang of hurt she felt in her heart. He'd rejected her. She had bared it all to her brother, and he'd rejected her. She could have cried in that moment. All she wanted was for him to feel the same way, to reciprocate in the same way, to share his body with her over chat. And he didn't. But there was no ignoring the thrill. She had gone for it. She'd shown her naked body to her brother. And there was no denying how wet it made her. In fact, she couldn't recall a single moment in her life that she had been more turned on. Despite her pounding heart, shaking hands, and the sinking feeling of having horrified her brother, Danny Esposito lay back on her bed and masturbated over and over again to what she had just done. But she doubted that the fingers she plunged in and out of her wetness could ever be the proper substitute for what she really wanted. Tubi Galloway came back from the shower after what felt like an eternity. She had changed into gym shorts and a t-shirt. The shorts were very short, and proudly displayed her strong smooth thighs. Her hair was soaked and draped over one shoulder, and her eyes were red-rimmed, like she'd been crying. She looked somewhat guilty, averting her eyes when she saw Ethan and Quinn. Welcome back, Ethan said, somewhat relieved. She pinched his shoulder. The mace burned your eyes again in the shower, didn't it? Quinn said knowingly. No, she said defensively. Then after a guilty pause admitted. Yes. They ate in a silence that was much more awkward than Galloway would expect from Ethan and Quinn the two most authentic men in her life. She had a feeling she knew what was going on. Ethan was jealous and being passive-aggressive. Quinn was looking down at his plate, but she knew that expression a look of defeat. Ethan didn't care much for him, and Quinn knew it. You guys are a real barrel of laughs tonight, Galloway remarked. Both men looked up. Their expressions were feigned innocence, pretending they didn't know what she was talking about. Uh Uh-huh. That's what I thought. She smirked. But she didn't push the matter. After the day that she'd had, she wanted to live in the moment. She was in her comfort zone Quinn by her side, and the neighbor kid who was rapidly becoming a trusted friend joining them. Not only that, but despite the scare in the basement, there was a warmth about the apartment. They could hear the other tenants walking in the apartments above and below them, which provided a sense of community. They weren't alone in the world. There were people close by, going about their own business on the other side of thin walls. 
They were probably doing similar things drinking and eating and watching TV and talking. It just felt right. When they were done eating, Quinn offered to clean up. Do you want to hang around and watch TV with us? Galloway asked Ethan. Thanks, but I'd better head home. I wanted to do some reading tonight. He blushed, retrieving his crutches and making for the door. Give me a hug, she said and threw her arms around him. Ethan wasn't used to physical contact, but he obliged. She gave him a squeeze, thanking him for his thoughtfulness and bringing her the jug of milk for her eyes. Then he was gone. No sooner had he shut the door than Quinn put his arm around Galloway and pulled her close. He kissed the top of her head softly. I don't think he likes me much, Quinn said a little downtrodden. He's eighteen and has a crush on me, Galloway told him. He wouldn't like any man that I hang out with. Don't take it personally, Quinn nodded. Seems like a nice kid though. I'm glad you have a friend. He squeezed her hand. Galloway grinned. That's just because he's not a threat to you. Isn't he? Now it was Quinn's turn to grin. He's cute. Big old Bambi eyes when he looks at you. And if he's 18, maybe a little fun time with you would boost his confidence. Really? You're pimping me out to my neighbors now? First it was our old co-workers, now this? You know, most guys would want a normal exclusive sex life with me. Galloway smacked him. Our sex life has never been normal. As far as exclusive, if you wanted that, I wouldn't say no. But I'm worried it'd get weird. You're not that type of girl. And I don't think I'm that type of guy. Galloway thought for a second and frowned. You're probably right. But by the same token, Ethan isn't that type of guy. I couldn't just give him a casual fuck to boost his morale. He wouldn't want that. He'd want it to mean something. Galloway's voice sounded distant, sad. Quinn shrugged. But it would, and you know it. She shook her head. Not the way he'd want. I think it would hurt him. A cheeky smile spread across Quinn's features. Well, that I know for sure. But like a good hurt. Emotionally, you asshole. She tossed a pillow at him. But speaking of that, Quinn let his eyes wander over Galloway's body in her little gym shorts. Galloway was up before Quinn could finish that thought. She was nearly dragging him to the bedroom. Finally, they hadn't seen each other in a while, and they needed to make up for lost time. 2A Ethan returned to his apartment with the lingering smell of Galloway's shampoo in his nostrils and the warm hug she'd given him fresh in his mind. But despite the warm feeling that it had spurred in his pants, he found himself with a small knot of dread in his belly. His mother had gone to work today, but Ethan had spent most of the day, before Galloway came home, processing her unusual behavior from last night. Something was definitely up with his mom. He remembered the weird cheerleader skirt she'd worn last night the unabashed way she displayed herself to her son. He'd been so caught off guard that he barely had time to process what was happening or why. And once his shock had worn off, other feelings had clouded his thoughts, unnatural lustful feelings for a boy to have about his mother. Now, in the light of day, with that whole incident in the distance, Ethan had a better chance to process it with a rational mind. Her whole attire had been wildly inappropriate. His mother hadn't been wearing a bra he was sure of that. He still remembered the way her nipples pressed through her skin-tight crop top. And her skirt had been so short, he'd been able to see the thawing underwear she'd worn beneath. That wasn't an accident. There was no way. She'd made a conscious decision to wear those with a tiny skirt. And she'd shown it all to him, going so far as to jump, twirl, and bend over. The real question was, why? 
Ethan was unsettled for a couple of reasons his mother seemed to be making a deliberate attempt to appeal to his sexuality. He didn't know why, and he didn't like to think it, but he could arrive at no other way to describe it. And the other reason it unsettled him was because, well, it was having an effect on him. Each thing she did every flash of skin, every ambiguous comment, every hug that lasted just a little too long, he could feel himself growing aroused. She was his mother, and his whole life had only been spent seeing her as a nurturer. But now there were little needling jolts to his brain where he didn't see her that way where he instead saw her as a sexual object, something to lust after. He was thinking of her in ways that he knew was absolutely wrong. But it was hard to deny how attractive she was, and it was hard to deny that Ethan didn't have a whole lot of options. He was interested in sex, for sure, and had been for years. He desperately wanted a girlfriend, someone to be intimate with. But now, the only source that was making itself willing and available was... Hi, Ethan. His mother was on the couch when he came in the front door. She was swaddled up in a blanket, watching TV. Ethan was grateful for that not-slutty outfit this time. You weren't home for dinner. I was hanging out with Galloway, across the hall, he said. Oh, that's nice. How was that? She asked. Ethan relaxed a bit. She sounded normal. No advances, no innuendos. Maybe he'd imagined the whole thing, or was making a bigger deal about it in his head than it really was. After all, he'd known this woman his whole life. He planted himself on the edge of the couch, resting slightly on his crutches. I don't know, he confided, his voice dropping slightly. I met her boyfriend. Meg was silent for a minute. Her eyes were big with sympathy. Oh, she said at last. She understood. Her son liked the woman across the hall. His disappointment was natural and obvious. How was he? Her question was carefully weighed. Ethan shrugged. He's okay, I guess. I don't really know him. I'm sorry, sweetie. Meg gently patted Ethan's leg. No, it's my fault. I guess it was just wishful thinking on my part that Galloway would. Well, it was just wishful thinking. He put on a smile, although he didn't feel like it. That's a very mature way to approach this. You should give this guy a chance, Meg said. Galloway clearly values you as a friend and wants you around. Even if she doesn't like you that way, she still likes you. You got a damn good friend and that won't change. Maybe this guy will be a good one too, just not as pretty. Ethan smiled. Thanks, Mom. That does help. Just don't be a pouty pants. Women don't like that. She'll avoid you if you just mope around all day about it. He nodded. Eventually he laughed. Look at us having a conversation about me meeting women. Meg shook her head and sighed. I knew this day would come sooner or later. Ethan made to get up from the couch. Do you want to stay and watch TV with me for a while? Thanks, Mom, but I just want to relax and clear my head a little. Ethan said. Good night. Wait, wait, Meg said. Give your mom a good night kiss. She climbed to her feet. Her blanket fell away and Ethan's eyes widened. His body tensed up. Meg was wearing just a pair of panties and a tiny t-shirt. T-shirt was an overstatement. Her shirt looked like it was meant for a toddler. It was tight and short ending just a few inches beneath the swell of her breasts. It strained against her chest her tits standing proud and perky. Like last night, she wasn't wearing a bra. Her nipples were hard and prominent, and Ethan suddenly realized that he could see them. Her shirt was solid white, and the fabric was some sort of thin stretchy material. He could see everything the pink circles of her areolas, and the way her nipples pressed against their fabric prison. 
His eyes traveled down the pleasant curve of her tummy, and he realized even her panties weren't panties. She was wearing a lacy pink thong and nothing else. Ethan blinked, and before he could comprehend why his mother was dressed like this, she wrapped her arms around him, leaned in and planted a warm soft kiss right on his lips. She seemed to melt into him. Mmm, my baby boy, she purred softly, holding him tight. It wasn't a simple peck. Her mouth stayed pressed to him. Her hands wandered down his shoulders to his arms. Becoming quite the man. Ethan could feel her nipples stiffen pressing through her thin shirt and against his chest pleasantly. He felt the familiar stiffening of his cock coming to life. And then his mother was pushing her thigh against it. Oh no. You're going to drive the women crazy. She seemed to whisper the words. Her thigh was moving gently against his crotch, nuzzling his cock. In fact, her whole body was moving slowly as she kept her lips on his. Her nipples gently pressing from side to side against his chest. Ethan stood frozen for a moment. His mother was oblivious to his discomfort, behaving as if this was the most natural thing in the world. Then his mother's lips slowly parted and he felt her warm, nimble tongue slide along his lip and start to wiggle into his mouth. It was intoxicating. The smell of her hair, her hands rubbing his arms, exploring his body. The way her smooth thigh rubbed against his penis, even as he stiffened and she rolled it pleasantly around in his pants. Her tongue slipped past his teeth and flicked for a second against his. What's happening? Your mother is kissing you. And with that realization, Ethan snapped back to reality. He quickly pulled away. I, uh, I better go to bed, he said. His face was completely flushed. His cheeks were red and hot. And worst of all, his penis was hard. The tent in his pants was rapidly becoming visible. Good night, Mom, he said without looking back. He was terrified he'd find her looking at it. If you change your mind, Meg called after him. I'll be out here all by myself. There was something seductive and pouty in her voice. Ethan had the unmistakable feeling that if he stayed with her, she would try to. No, no, stop thinking that. Ethan hurried to his bedroom. By the time he shut the door, his cock was fully erect and ready to burst from his pants. Oh God, what is happening to her? He muttered then glanced reproachfully down at his erection. Or me, for that matter? To be Quinn grunted. Galloway was especially frisky tonight, and it showed. She straddled his lap, her hands on his chest, pinning him down as she rode him in long, eager strokes. The bedroom echoed with the sounds of Galloway's desperate need for sexual satisfaction. Ah, yes, ah, yes, ah, yes. Her moans were coming faster. The bed was pleasantly thumping against the wall. After Ethan had left, Galloway had practically dragged Quinn to the bedroom. Get your clothes off! She had barked at him. Get them off right now! Her manner had been much more abrupt and commanding than she usually was, but Quinn didn't argue. Yes, ma'am. He'd struggled clumsily to shed his clothes, and Galloway had nearly pushed him onto the bed before mounting him. No foreplay tonight? He asked. Shut the fuck up, Quinn. She barked at him as she wiggled out of her clothes. God, Quinn missed her body. And though Galloway had always been in good shape, her training was really beginning to make itself known. Her arms had developed definition. Her tummy was always flat, but now the subtle lines of her abs had appeared. And her strong thick thighs were boasting the hints of upside-down bees. Don't get any more muscular, Quinn remarked. I'd like to feel like the man in this relationship. You were never the man in this relationship. She leaned her chest over his face and grabbed him by the back of the head, forcing him into her perky C-cup tits. 
Her nipples were pink and puffy. Now be a good bitch and suck, she urged him. His next rebuff was muffled by her breasts as she shoved them into his face, sliding them teasingly around his mouth in cruel little circles. His stubble tickled her skin and made her gasp. Her body was extra sensitive today. She could feel his mouth planting hot kisses on her tits. His slid his tongue in sloppy strides around her nipples, and eventually pulled them into his lips, giving a firm suck that hurt. It drove her wild. She liked it rough, and Quinn always knew how to get to her. She gasped, feeding him her breasts, one after another, until he was pinching her nipples between his teeth, earning excited whimpers and squeals from her lips. She reached behind and felt for his cock. He was solid and hard. She guided him right toward her pussy, and when he was inside of her body, that was when she began to bounce. Ah, yes! Oh, fuck, yes! She couldn't stop herself. She placed her hands on his chest, pinning him back to the bed, readjusted so her feet were planted flat on either side of him, and squatted on his lap. And that was how she rode him, using her strong legs to muscle herself up and down along his length, all the while giving Quinn a view of her shaved pink pussy swallowing him up with each bounce. Quinn was startled. He found himself barely able to keep up with her tonight. Galloway's legs pistoned up and down with no signs of fatigue or stopping. She bit her lip, her eyes shut, breathing easily, like this was the most casual thing in the world. Her hands slid up to her chest, and she squeezed and fondled her own breasts. She pinched her nipples, and winced as she pulled hard on them. Holy shit, Galloway! Quinn moaned beneath her, watching his rod disappearing into her athletic body each time she came down on him. Her ass making wet smacking sounds against his crotch with every bounce. The bed was shaking, beating softly and steadily against the wall. Galloway's eyes fluttered. She really had forgotten how badly she needed this. It showed in her aggression. Tonight she was especially rough. She came into this with the energy of a cheerleader, throwing her head back, her eyes shut and her bottom lip clenched between her teeth. Her eager fucking of Quinn was shaking the bed harder and harder. No wonder she'd caught herself masturbating in the basement last night. She had to be crazy horny to do something like that, to imagine what she had. Galloway's mind flashed to those cages in the basement. Her team, her loved ones, all of them tied up down there, dirty and miserable, watching her whore herself out to the men responsible for it. Not because they were forcing her, but because she wanted to. It turned her on in a deep and perverse way. Fuck, what's gotten into you? Quinn moaned. His hands roamed her body. Her bounces were growing fierce. Her ponytail bobbed and bounced. Galloway readjusted herself again, on her knees straddling Quinn's cock, she resumed impaling herself on it. She reached behind her head and undid her ponytail. She leaned forward and slid her tongue up Quinn's chest in a long sensual lick. She dragged her big round tits up his chest as she went, letting him feel their soft smooth weight. Her eyes were so focused and hard that for a moment, Quinn didn't recognize her. When her tongue reached his jaw, Galloway tossed her head back, throwing her wild hair back from her face. Her hard nipples slid across Quinn's chest, making his cock throb and twitch inside of her body. Then she sat up and resumed her tireless bouncing. Her hips worked with a mind of their own. Her pussy hungrily swallowed up Quinn's manhood. She leaned one arm back and braced herself as she bucked her hips. Her movements were so steady and rhythmic, her tits began to slap together. Quinn couldn't resist running his hands up her hips to cup those big luscious melons. But when he did, she caught his wrists in death grips and pinned them to her headboard, her training showing in her sudden assured movements. Quinn looked stunned for a second by her eager roughness. 
She held his hands pinned for a moment, then leaned forward and planted a long passionate kiss on his mouth, sucking his lower lip playfully. With her fiery raspberry maroon hair in his face, Quinn couldn't see, only breathing the scent of her shampoo. Then he felt the cold metal and heard the click of steel. When she sat back, she was wearing a naughty little smile, and Quinn was wearing handcuffs. She'd cuffed him to the headboard. Nicely done, he admitted. She'd had handcuff training a while back and was apparently rather skilled at putting them on. Just don't fall and die, leaving me cuffed here. I read Stephen King. Shut up. She barked at him again, riding him harder. Her hips finding their natural rhythm. The bed shook. Her hips and ass moved easily on his body, as though this was her natural state. Galloway leaned forward, bracing on the headboard and hovered her tits over his face. Kiss them! She barked ferociously, her swaying breasts inches above his mouth. Quinn strained and was able to barely plant his warm mouth on her puffy pink nipples. This is torture! He quipped, flicking his tongue out for barely a taste. The words seemed to trigger something in her brain. She looked at those dangling cuffs restraints that were meant for bad men, and now Quinn was in them. A captive. She found herself riding harder. A familiar tingle of excitement was finding its way back into her body. Like her, Quinn was an authority figure. His own handcuffs were now used against him like. Galloway moaned, her nipples stiffening, her pussy in tingles. She shut her eyes, and the image just appeared in her mind. The fantasy effortlessly unfolded, forming itself vivid and complete. The door of her apartment suddenly broke open and in stormed half a dozen towering men. They wore ski masks and carried guns. Their arms were packed with the kind of muscle that only a federal prison could mold, and they were covered in scars and tattoos. Galloway could hear their heavy footsteps thundering down the hallway, and before she could even scream, they were yanking her off of Quinn's lap. Well, well, look what we have here, their leader said. His eyes gleamed from behind his mask. There was no humanity in them. He was a cruel and sick man. The only thing that brought him pleasure was hurting others leaving a trail of pain and sorrow in his path. Now those eyes were assessing Kate Galloway's naked sweating body. Her sex-drunk eyes glazed over with lust from the orgasm that she had yet to have. And when those eyes looked to Scott Quinn, cuffed, naked, and helpless on the bed, there was recognition in them. These were the men that Scott Quinn had put in prison in his short time as a state police trooper. And now they were thirsty for revenge. We came here for you, the leader remarked to a horrified and fearful Quinn. This, he gestured to Galloway. She struggled. Her hands held by five huge muscular beasts of men weren't going anywhere. They were already starting to touch her. She felt one convict grope one of her bare smooth breasts. When he squeezed, he squeezed hard, and when he pinched her nipple, it responded by stiffening. This is quite the present you left for us. Officer Quinn and Officer. Wild Sherry. The leader smirked as he traced his rough callous fingers over her cheek and down around her full pouty lower lip. Despite the situation, Galloway let her lips part, and she gently wrapped them around this man's thumb. She started to softly suck, peering into his cruel, evil eyes like a star-struck Disney character meeting her prince. The men around her continued to sneer, and touch, and grope. She felt one squeeze her firm bare ass. Quinn was pleading incoherently, struggling against the cuffs that Galloway had placed on him. The men laughed at his discomfort. Galloway glanced at him reproachfully, and resumed her sucking of the convict's finger. We're not going to kill you yet, the leader promised. Not until you watch what we do to your little pig girlfriend, or rather, what she does to us. Then they let go of Kate Galloway. Altogether, 
the six men began to disrobe, pulling off their shirts, or unzipping their jackets. One psycho in particular even began to slash away his own white-beater shirt with a razor. They tossed their weapons onto the bed. Galloway eyed them. The men seemed to not care, too focused on her hot body and on undressing. In the blink of an eye, Galloway snatched up one of the shotguns and leveled it at the men. They regarded her without a word. She could do it she could kill them all. But instead, she did the unthinkable. She smiled, turned the gun to the ceiling and ran her tongue seductively up the long steel barrel, her eyes lusty and staring, penetrating the men especially the leader. Just begging to be fucked. She grinded her snatch against the stock and she humped the weapon. Even Quinn made a sound of surprise and despair. She could stop these men. She could save herself and Quinn. And instead she dropped the gun, grabbed the leader, and pressed her lips hard against his mouth. She practically leapt into his huge strong arms like the groupie slut that she was. Fuck me. He pleaded as she passionately kissed him, sucking at his lower lip with her desperate mouth. Then she was moving on to the next man, kissing him, making the same plea, and the next, and so on. See that pig? The leader snarled at Quinn as Galloway obediently dropped to her knees in the center of them. They beat their throbbing cocks against her upturned face, and as the first one plunged his member roughly into her mouth and down her throat, the leader continued his taunt. This little hottie is our slut now, and we're going to utterly ruin her. Galloway had never felt a thrill like this. Her mouth went from one cock to another, her arms outstretched, grasping at their throbbing dicks like tree branches. Galloway cooed and moaned, putting every effort in, using her hands and mouth to their fullest potential. She wanted to please these men. Not just let them fuck her, but give herself over to them. They formed an eager circle, and Galloway went around to each man, not stopping until she was rewarded with a moan, an acknowledgement that she was making them happy. And all the while, they continued to threaten her and the man she loved the most. They belittled her, insulted her, smacked her around. They pulled her hair, fucked her throat until she was positive she'd pass out from lack of oxygen. They slapped her tits, slapped her ass. They called her names like pig and hog. One of them even spit on her. But each time they did, her pussy only responded with more excitement, more tingles, wetness running down her legs. She was aware that she was trying to hump the floor of her bedroom. And when she gazed up at them with her head swimming and her eyes clouded with lust, the words just fell from her mouth. Fuck me, all of you. Please. I'm your whore. Show this pig her place. And that was enough for all of them. They tossed her on the bed, right beside Quinn, and they gang-raped her. Galloway supposed rape wasn't the proper word, since she wasn't just willing, but she needed it. For hours, they fucked her. Galloway rode them. She rolled her hips on whichever man was lucky enough to be beneath her. She held her ass open and invited man after man to penetrate her anus. She sashayed her body and twerked her hips, even as they pinned her between their hard-muscled bodies. They stuffed her from both ends, double-penetrating her. She smiled and moaned and screamed. More! More! She was crying out, glancing up at the men waiting behind her. Quinn could barely see her eyes only the whites showing, like she was possessed. And the men stuffed her body, gaped her pussy and her ass. They fucked her mouth. Am I doing good, daddies? She asked, seeing their adulation. All of them soaked in sweat. Strands of Galloway's maroon hair was plastered to her face. Shut the fuck up, and know your place, pig. They snarled, slapping her in the face. My place is on your cocks. Galloway screamed as the bed bounced so hard it nearly broke. Quinn could only stare at her with horror, 
as she willingly gave herself to them like a gift. The betrayal went far deeper than infidelity. How could you cheat on someone you weren't exclusive with? No. This was a betrayal of a symbol of justice. Galloway was willing to throw away the foundation of everything she believed. She was willing to spit on all concepts of right and wrong, of good and evil, in shallow pursuit of fleeting pleasure, of a fetish and nothing more. Quinn lay there, watching for hours as she swooned and cooed and delighted and loved men who wanted to misuse her, to violate her, to insult and humiliate her, to pleasure themselves with her, and toss her away until they felt the urge again. Men who would not only treat her the worst, but would treat society the worst who'd take the pleasure that Galloway gave them, and use it to harm the innocent. And Galloway was okay with that. Come inside of me! Galloway shrieked, throwing her head back as the men impaled her ass and pussy at once with cocks that rivaled baseball bats. Come in my pussy! One by one, all of you! Come in my pussy! Breed this pig! And after you're finished, bring over more of your friends! And if they get tired, fuck me with other objects, things around my apartment, tools, your guns. Lock me here, make me your prisoner, I'm yours. Their raw cocks pistoned in and out of her body, tearing her apart as she happily brought them to orgasm. Her mind totally gone, her tongue lolling out of her mouth like a happy puppy. She had never fucked so hard in her life, and still she wanted more. She mindlessly threw herself into their thrusts. Oh God, oh God, O-F-U-C-K. Galloway was aware that she was screaming. The bed thundered violently on the old floorboards. Galloway. Quinn was panting. Galloway. He was trying to catch his breath. Yes, baby. Fuck yes, fuck yes. She didn't relent. She threw her head back and screamed in pleasure. Kate. Quinn finally screamed urgently. The shout bolted through Galloway's sexual frenzy like lightning. Quinn never used her first name unless something was very wrong. She looked down with wide eyes. There were no men in the room with her. No vengeful convicts, no gang rape. It had all been a vivid, almost surreal fantasy that had completely taken over. It seemed so real that she'd lost all sense of time or where she even was. There was no dangerous gang, there never had been. It was just Quinn, laying between her legs, and she was still fucking him. Quinn's expression was one of pain. His eyes were clenched shut. His jaw set. My back, my back! He was nearly whimpering as tears streamed down his face. She was suddenly aware of how rough she'd been fucking him. She had been hurting him. Oh my god, oh my god, I'm so sorry! She jumped off of him and scrambled for the handcuff keys. It's okay, it's okay. He panted, struggling to catch his breath. But he looked pale. Beads of sweat stood out on his forehead. Quinn had a back injury. She should have known better. That was stupid, that was so stupid. I'm so sorry, she said, unlocking him. Quinn lay, panting at the ceiling, slowing his breathing. What can I do? Just some pain pills. He managed to choke out. Galloway ran to the medicine cabinet and retrieved them, then helped Quinn sit up and swallow them. She crawled into bed, and before she knew what she was doing, she was hugging him tightly, feeling terrible. She'd been so caught up in one of the most despicable fantasies her brain had ever formed and she'd hurt the person she loved the most. Eventually the pain subsided, and Quinn was able to move again. Hey, it's okay, Quinn said after a few minutes. When he tilted up her head, Galloway became aware that she was crying. She'd had her face buried in his chest and was sobbing, wonder what the hell was happening to her. No, it's not okay. What I was doing, what I was thinking. She sniffled, 
something that was so uncharacteristic of her, that even Quinn was unsure. He shushed her with a kiss on the top of her head. This seemed to calm her. I love you, even if your bath hit crazy. Despite the tears, this earned a snicker from Galloway. When she saw the usual expression on Quinn's face the insufferable smirk, the forgiveness, and the everything's fine look in his eye, she settled back down. They laid in silence for a while, both of them naked. Galloway draped her smooth leg over Quinn, resting her head on his chest. Eventually Quinn began to laugh. It started softly but it grew until he was doubled over, gasping for breath. What? Galloway sat up. Quinn didn't relent, he only laughed harder. She rolled her eyes. You got something to say? You literally fucked me so hard, you rebroke my back. You forced me to tap out. That is fucking talent. It's not my fault you have bird bones. A ghost of a smile crept across her lips. And you were literally broken when I got started. Weren't we all? Quinn asked quietly. Then they slept. 3A Rob watched the camera feeds on his desk with a degree of amusement. Dance my slut puppets dance, he giggled. Things were looking much more interesting behind closed doors in his apartment building as of late. He was in absolute control, and at the same time, he was completely entertained. He felt like a modern-day Jimmy Stewart spying on his neighbors if his neighbors were all complete perverts. Each self-contained little apartment unit had something perverse that was happening some sort of deviant drama playing out for his entertainment. One floor down, mother and son had shared a kiss, for his viewing pleasure. Once again, Rob had scripted another slutty event for Meg Richards to perform for her unsuspecting son Ethan. And she'd carried it out beautifully. She'd been innocent at first, then the big reveal her slutty outfit. And that kiss and her way of pressing her body against Ethan. The poor boy still had no clue what was happening. That was partially Rob's doing. He deliberately made sure Ethan wasn't under his spell, whatsoever. He wanted Ethan's responses to be 100% authentic. And they were for a boy his age. Ethan was nervous, uneasy, confused, and also aroused. Assuming he was alone in his bedroom now, Ethan turned away from the door, and the bulge in his pants was as authentic as the conflict and shame on his face. Rob watched the monitors. For a kid who hadn't received many gifts in life, his bulge was rather impressive. Good for him. It's okay, kid. Your mom is hot. You can fantasize a little bit. I won't judge. Ethan sat down on his bed, glancing down at himself. He hesitated, but then he decided to reach for a book instead, and his tent gradually subsided. Rob sighed. All that pent-up frustration is going to have to come out sooner or later. That was fine. The kid would fight his impulses. Well, Rob would just have to step up Maggie's slutty behavior. No man could resist an attractive slut, mother or not. 1A was coming along nicely. Even though Danny's brother Bill wasn't in the United States, he received more entertainment than he thought from the sibling's video chat. Danny and played her part very well, sending a vulgar video chat to her shocked brother. Bill's reaction was genuine shock and horror. But Bill was also alone in a foreign land with few opportunities to get laid. Would Big Brother eventually give in to Danny's offer? Would he go to bed with her body on his mind? Would he start to think of her as more than just his sister? and allow himself to cross the line into something sinful? Time would tell, but Rob was dying to find out. Then there was Officer Wild Cherry down in 2B. Rob still had no way of getting into the apartment to set up cameras, but he was also afraid to. Toying with Kate Galloway was like playing with fire. Instead, he decided to stay the coarse invasive thoughts and fantasies, 
altering her psyche and twisting her conscience. Right now, she was probably having the time of her life, fucking her visiting boyfriend while getting off to the most vile fantasy ideas she could think of. Even now, through these thin ancient walls, he swore he could hear her screaming in pleasure. The rest of the apartment was silent. Rob didn't want to juggle too many playthings at once. So who's next? Kelsey's voice. She was kneeling beneath his desk, her head between Rob's legs. His erect cock was inches from her nose. She had been sucking him the whole time he watched and worked toying with his neighbor's subjects. Rob smiled down at her. Her face looked so wonderfully cute and cheerful. Her upturned nose nuzzled the swollen head of his member. Her big brown eyes were starry, like she was staring up at her prince for the first time. You are my dear, Rob replied. Me? She lit up, like she didn't believe it. Of course, you've been working hard. Now it's time for your reward. Rob slid his seat back from the desk. Kelsey crawled out. The normally perky cheerful girl from across the hall was dressed in slutty lingerie. A black and red cupless corset displayed her large plump tits. Her lace panties were virtually non-existent. And a series of garters and straps hooked to a pair of thigh-high stockings. She'd been wearing that for the better part of the evening as she crouched beneath the desk, slow teasing Rob's cock with her mouth while he worked hard to slow walk his neighbors into the most devious acts possible. All the while, Kelsey had been happily knelt between his legs, planting soft warm kisses up and down the length of his pole, and sucking softly at the head, savoring the taste of his manhood. Now she stood, full and proud before him in his turret office his little sex servant awaiting his next order. She looked amazing in her skimpy lace like a porn star. The outfit had been his idea a little reward for himself for getting rid of Kelsey's moron boyfriend Paul. And indeed, Paul was a moron. Even with Tina's seduction, who would possibly want anyone else if they had this girl? Rob hadn't done anything to manipulate Paul he'd merely tempted him by placing a small treat in his path, and Paul had gone astray. Now Kelsey was all his. I'm all yours she said, smiling her adorable little smile and giggling nervously, seeking his approval. Please take me. I've been waiting for this all day. There was a bashfulness about the way she presented her body to him. A nervous hesitation, just slightly apparent at the way she let her hand rest in front of her crotch and used her arm to try to cover her breasts. The latter wasn't working. They were far too large to ever cover, and the result was them being pressed teasingly together. Did you like what you see? She asked her voice soft, trying to please him. He'd outdone himself tonight. He had wanted her to be more, sweet, more herself, as though she was afraid he might reject her, and in his written articulation of her behavior on his magic computer, it had all translated flawlessly into her real-life behavior. He was getting better at programming her. I do, he replied. She lit up slightly, grateful, but the way she kept casting nervous glances to the windows around her. Rob hadn't bothered to close the blinds in the turret he'd been too busy. And now that the night had come, and the lights were on in his office, any passerby on the street might glance up, and see this semi-nude slut. Considering his office location, late night walkers would be treated to an almost 360-degree view. But why so nervous? She bit her lip and looked back and forth from him to the windows. It's just, people can see. Now it was Rob's turn to stand. And when he did, he grabbed her roughly spun her around and shoved her up against the nearest window, the one that overlooked the street. Kelsey let out an adorable little yelp. She grasped her hands to either side of the window frame to brace herself. Her tits pressed against the glass. The window was chilly on her bare skin. Her sharp exhale sent a cloud fogging its way across the surface. 
So what if they can see? He slapped her ass hard, making her wince again. Her cheek jiggled pleasantly and a red handprint began to appear. Are you afraid they'll gather around and watch the show? Judge you? Talk about what a filthy little slut you are. Kelsey moaned as Rob spanked her in front of the window. I dash, she stammered cutely. What if we get in trouble? Rob grabbed her by the hair. His cock was throbbing, eager for a release. She'd been teasing it for the better part of the evening, and he couldn't bear to wait any longer. He nudged her legs apart. You should be so lucky. He snarled in her ear. Maybe I'll invite half the town up here so you can apologize to each of them face to face for your public lewdness. He reached between her thighs and his hands sought out her wetness. It wasn't hard to find. She was soaked. He grasped her thong and gave it a rough tug, and in one easy motion, it snapped right off. She whimpered again. Maybe I'll ask them up here to run a train on you. He smiled. Oh, please. She gasped. That would be so embarrassing. I only want you. She looked back at him over her shoulder. Her big starry eyes were pleading. You'll want whatever I tell you to want. He snarled back. Stay right there and don't you dare cover yourself. Then he spread her perky cheeks and guided his cock between her legs. When he slid himself into her warmth, he couldn't help but moan in triumph. Kelsey was right. This was a new thrill. He was fucking his neighbor in front of a large window that overlooked the entire street. She was his trophy, and a sick part of him wanted to show her off to let the world know look at what's mine. His hips started to eagerly thrust. Each stab of his cock into her body made Kelsey jump. And each time she jumped, her big heavy boobs slid across the glass. He held her tightly by the hair. Her mousy little face was fogging up the glass as she softly gasped. He peered over her shoulder at the street below. His hips started to move eagerly, gliding his girth in and out of her. Her hips found the rhythm and she was responding in kind, pushing back against him in no time. Think they're out there watching right now? Rob moaned in her ear, the two of them staring down at the darkness. Oh, oh. She gasped like a mewing kitten, her moans hushed and nervous. A dozen random citizens. No. A hundred. All down there right now, staring at your body. At these big juicy melons. He reached around her and grasped them roughly. Oh. She yelped. Her voice high and squealing. Their bodies pushing back and forth in fast little movements. Rob was humping her faster, excited to finally have some time with her after all the teasing and creative writing of the day. He cupped her boobs, dragging them in teasing little circles across the glass, a show for anyone lucky enough to be passing on the sidewalk below, and just happened to glance up. Then he stuffed her deeper with his meaty cock and gave one of her tits a hard slap, making it bounce and jiggle. He left her skin stinging. They're all out there, staring at your tits as I fuck you, they're probably jerking off too. Rob fucked her harder, and Kelsey responded. She was thrusting her ass harder against him. A steady ripple rolled its way up her body. She was arching her back, her cheek pressed cutely to the glass. Her eyes shut, her breathing coming in short gasps. They all want to fuck you, don't they? Rob asked. Every single one of them leering at your body. Every man in town stroking to you at once thinking about all the things they want to do with your body. All the vile poses they want you to strike as they violate every hole. Oh God, she moaned, growing excited. Her arms were trembling as she braced. She dropped her arms from the sides of the frame to rest on the sill. And still, either relented. Rob's excited hips were turning to a blur. They don't see you as Kelsey, the chipper night nurse. Now they just see you as Kelsey, the shameful neighborhood slut. And that's all they'll ever see you as anymore.
a pair of huge jugs attached to the body of a porn star. Faster, Rob. Kelsey was moaning out. Her sweet, nervous voice drove him on. They'll gather out in the street every night to watch you take a pounding. Police will block off the street. Ambulances will stop in their tracks. Men old and young will stare up at you as they dump their loads in the street by the hundreds, wishing they could cover you with it. Harder. She panted. Harder. Look at them out there. Rob grasped her hair and turned her head so she was facing the glass. Do you see them, all staring up at you? I do, she whimpered. Oh God, I do. There's so many. I'm just a slut to them. But there's one man down there who's not happy to see this, isn't there? Rob said with an evil smile. He reached around and slapped her tits roughly, making them bounce more. They knocked easily against the window with their steady back and forth fucking. Yes, she said, shutting her eyes and biting her lip. Her voice coming out as panting little pleads. Who is it? My ex-boyfriend. Yes, Rob grunted. His cock pulsed happily inside of her as she called Paul her ex. What's he doing out there? He's watching, Kelsey moaned. He's stroking, but he's crying. He's crying a lot as he jerks off. That turns you on, doesn't it? Him looking so pathetic. Mmm, mmm, it does. She ran her tongue along her upper lip. Rob could tell she was excited by how wet she'd grown. Her juices running freely down his shaft, to his big heavy balls. Let's give him a wave then. Rob smiled. And as they aggressively fucked like animals in front of the window, both he and Kelsey waved cruelly at the darkness of the empty street. I bet he comes every night, and stands in the crowd to watch, Kelsey added. Maybe I'll send you down there to them. There'll be riots and fights just to get a turn at this body. Kelsey's tits bounced and swayed. Her face threatened to hit the glass in front of her. Her eyes were wide, searching. She forced herself to look, despite her shame. This was incredible. Rob never felt so liberated in his life. He hoped there really were people looking, watching him. Envying him. He was fucking the hottest woman he ever met, and he was just plain old pale skinny Robert. Let them see the type of women he could bring to orgasm. Men would envy him, and women would be curious for their shot with him. He looked from window to window, smiling in triumph, as he took his favorite pet like the fuck toy that she was. When he turned back to the window in front of them, he gasped. There was a face staring back in the reflection, but it wasn't Kelsey. To his horror, the face that sneered at him was a wretched old hag. Her skin was gray and molted. Her hair was wild and white wringing her face like a filthy lion's mane. Her eyes glowed with evil delight as they looked right through him. Then her peeling lips began to move, and Rob heard a voice from another world. I will devour your soul, filthy scribe! The words fell from the witch's mouth, but it was not Kelsey's voice. Not at all. It was a dry hiss, like a harsh desert wind. He felt it in his head as it rumbled deep within him. Rob yelped and jumped back in a panic. He blinked and the horrible reflection was gone replaced once again by Kelsey's beautiful pixie-like face, panting, in the throes of wild passionate sex. His heart was pounding. What the hell had he just seen? But before he could question it further, Kelsey spun. I need you, don't stop, she pleaded desperately. Wait dash. Rob began, but Kelsey was already shoving him back into his desk chair. He landed hard, and before he could slow his pounding heart or make sense of what just happened— Kelsey was climbing into his lap, pushing him against the chair. She pinned him down, pressed her lips eagerly to his and mounted his cock. He slid back into her wetness, and Kelsey found the rhythm at once. Her fit body built for this.
She gyrated and sashayed. She moved her hips in fast little rotations. She engulfed Rob's cock with her body, just as she sucked hungrily at his lips and tongue. Rob was gasping, moaning in pleasure, but also horror at the same time. He couldn't get the image of that reflection out of his mind. Wait, he struggled to say against her relentless lips. Come in me, Rob, Kelsey moaned. Rob wasn't sure why, but he had a premonition of impending doom, of something terrible about to happen. But he was so horny from his day's activities writing and playing with Kelsey. His cock couldn't hold out much longer. He needed release so badly. He tried to hold back, to slow Kelsey's desperate riding. His cock was throbbing in time with his pounding heart. The desk chair began to squeak and bounce beneath Kelsey's wild fucking. Her enormous tits slid up and down his chest, bouncing pleasantly beneath his chin. Beads of sweat were forming across her perfect skin. He dug his fingers into the armrests of his chair, knowing his climax was inevitable. Come in me, Kelsey chanted, pleading like a mantra. Claim me. I'm yours. Oh God, Rob moaned, biting his lip as Kelsey dragged her slutty tongue around his face, crying out with reckless abandon. Yes, Rob, yes, she moaned as she felt his cock on the verge of exploding. I want us to do this, forever. Then Rob was moaning as his body released and rope after rope began to drain from his balls into Kelsey. She'd been edging him all day, and now the orgasm was massive. His cock spurted freely, a geyser that went on and on even as the cum filled her womb and began to run from her pink pussy lips, pooling in his chair, around his balls and on his lap. Oh God! Rob gasped in pleasure so intense that he forgot the sudden inexplicable sense of wrong he'd felt a moment ago. Instead, he watched Kelsey softly gyrating her hips in his lap, making sure to milk every drop from him. He remembered that face in the glass the impossible reflection of some terrible ghoul. But as he watched Kelsey dancing her body on his... Rob realized that he didn't much care. All of this was simply too good to stop. The image in the glass had simply been a trick of the brain and nothing more. Chapter 07 To be the truth was that Galloway and Ethan weren't the only ones contending with issues. The alarm went off and Quinn muttered, No, weakly to himself, as though he just watched a friend die from the deep recesses of a dream. A flash of rage and misery entered his mind. He felt as though he'd only slept for about two minutes. He could have cried. It was Quinn's first night sleeping over at Galloway's new place. He was glad to finally be here. He missed Galloway a lot. More than he'd ever realized. He had wanted to spend more time together after her job change and her move. But Galloway was particular and wanted time to be alone in her new place to settle in, unpack, and acclimate. Plus, both of their schedules weren't ideal just yet for regular visits. Galloway's training was unpredictable and left her exhausted, anxious, and lacking confidence. Not to mention, by the time she got home, she was sore and covered in sweat, just aching for a shower, a quiet meal, and a good night's sleep. He needed to respect that. Plus, Quinn's schedule was, well, it was a personal hell to which he had volunteered himself, and from which there was no escaping. Reluctantly, he got up. Kate Galloway didn't even stir from her side of the bed. She was zonked out enjoying what looked like the best sleep ever. The sheet was askew, showing her smooth bare thigh. Quinn admired her for several long seconds. He showered and dressed and packed himself a lunch. He was too tired to make himself anything appealing. He slapped some peanut butter on a stale hamburger bun and grabbed a banana and a box of crackers. From the hall, he gazed into the bedroom, watching Kate sleep. He sighed to himself. 
he absolutely despised leaving her. Finally, at the last possible second that he could spare, he tiptoed into the bedroom, kissed her forehead and whispered goodbye. It was something he did every morning they woke up together. She weakly muttered a tired response, then drifted right back to sleep. Not for the first time on his drive to work, Quinn promised himself that he and Galloway would spend more time together. But it would be a long time before they could do that. Scott Quinn worked two jobs. During the weekdays, he worked at a bottling plant. It was extremely basic. He sat at a station and poured liquids into bottles day in and day out. It was mind-numbingly boring like slow counting to a thousand. But the pay was okay, his co-workers all seemed rather positive and upbeat, and the work environment was friendly. On Saturdays and Sundays, he was a security guard at an industrial plant one of only two guards for a sprawling campus of half a dozen buildings. The campus was closed during the weekends and was a ghost town of wide-open parking lots, darkened office cubicle mazes, and sealed-off labs. The job was easy and very peaceful. But both jobs were a step backward in his life. He'd been a security guard years ago. And industrial labor was something he'd done before finishing high school. There was either glamour, nor a sense of pride or identity to either one. And to top it all off, as if his regiment wasn't exhausting enough, on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, Quinn attended physical therapy for his back immediately after his shift at the plant. Galloway wasn't blowing smoke to impress Ethan. Scott Quinn was a former state trooper. It was a job that he had aspired for ever since college, and he had worked very hard to get there. It had been difficult enough to meet the physical requirements, let alone pass the rigorous boot camp and academy training. When he had gotten to that point, he was nothing but proud. He was thrilled when people asked what he did for a living. Quinn had a dream, and he had worked and worked and worked until finally it had come true. He had never believed in that expression you can be whatever you want until he had done it. But then that had all come crashing down around him. Both figuratively and literally. Within his first year, he had been deployed on a manhunt into the mountains, and his helicopter crashed. Quinn's spine had been seriously injured in the process, and he had spent several days stranded. Probably the only reason that he'd survived was one of his crewmates had gone above and beyond to protect him. But the result of the whole ordeal was a fused spine and a discharge from the police force for no longer being of use to them. He supposed he should count his blessings. Most of his fellow troopers on that operation had died. It still haunted him in many different ways. And each day that he woke up and went to a low-paying menial job, he felt more and more useless. He'd fallen from grace his dream job ripped away because of a freak accident. Absolute random chance had rendered his hard work to be a complete waste of time. He began to lose more respect for himself by the day, and feared that those around him were losing their respect for him as well. Especially Galloway. Quinn wasn't very social, but now he avoided his co-workers like the plague. He smiled and said hello to them, but that was it. He did it again this morning as he walked in and headed for the punch clock. The production floor was loud and open. The beeps and hums of forklifts filled the air. The hissing of vents and drone of machines was overwhelming. Music was piped in, though much of it was barely audible over the machinery. At the start of his shift, he did what he always did. He arranged his work area, wheeled a beat-up old office chair into position at the table, and jotted a few notes. Last, he removed a photograph from his pocket. The edges were already starting to crinkle and fray from how often he carried it with him. He taped it to the drum in front of him where he could see it. Galloway had given it to him the day Quinn had left for the academy. It had been taken on Galloway's birthday after their shift had ended at the casino, 
They'd gone out for drinks together at one of their usual shitty dive bars. Quinn and Galloway sat side by side on bar stools, looking tired and weary from their shift. Their boots were loosened, their uniform shirts were unbuttoned. Galloway's tank top clung to her round sea cups. They were both nursing their beers, shoulders pressed together, as they regarded the camera with slightly annoyed lopsided smirks. There was something very honest about the photo, something very Norman Rockwell. On the back, Galloway had written, Best of luck with the state police. You'll do great. Just make sure you don't forget about the best partner you'll ever have, because she'll certainly be missing you. Anytime Quinn began to feel hopeless at work, like his life had ventured down the wrong path and he didn't know how to fix it, which was quite often, he would look up at the photo and remember why he was still bothering. It really wasn't a bad job. It just wasn't the job for him, and he knew it. During his lunch breaks, while everyone else went to the cafeteria, Quinn went out to his car. He didn't want his co-workers to see him cry. Today he got into his truck and checked his phone. He had a missed call. He pulled himself together a bit and called back. The familiar voice picked up. Hello? Hey Ash. Checking in on me again? He said, finding his normal semi-cocky tone. You know me too well. She replied. Are you and Kate engaged yet? Or are you morons just keeping it casual? Like you're fooling anyone. She scoffed. He sighed. Ashley, I'm going to kill you. I'm just saying, you need to get your act together and get on that. If you don't marry her, I will. She giggled. Quinn's sister, Ashley, was younger just starting college. She'd met Galloway when she was basically a kid. Ashley liked Galloway the first girl of Quinn's that she'd actually approved of, and she wasn't afraid to admit that she looked up to her. One problem at a time. Step one, fix broken back. Step two, figure out what the hell I'm doing with my life. Step three, we'll see. How are the jobs going? They're going. Still working seven days a week? Yes. There was a pause. Quinn knew it was coming. Every single person, especially his family members, liked to press him about why he was working so hard. Scott, you're going to kill yourself if you keep going at this pace. I know. He muttered, but already wasn't considering her words. He didn't want to be lectured over things he already knew, and just wanted to hurry through this line of questioning so they could move on to a new topic. Why? Why do you feel like it's necessary? He sighed. Because I don't trust my full-time job to not screw me when my probationary period is up. Technically the bottling job was a temp to hire position. He wasn't an actual employee of the company, but a temp through an outside source. Once his probationary period was up, he'd be hired on directly. You really think they would screw you? It's happened before, he said. There was a silence on the other end. He knew what was coming next. There's no other police departments hiring? Ones with lower standards? He hated that phrase. Lower standards. In other words, another department where his fellow officers were okay with him not being able to carry them out of danger, or letting suspects escape because he couldn't keep up, or needed constant coddling from them because he was now more frail. Get over it, Ash. I'm surrendering all of my hopes and dreams so that I can commit the remaining years of my life to a blue-collar job that I care nothing about. Life is unfair. I'm dealing with it. You should too. Again, a silence, and he hated himself for just blurting out the words. He felt like he had just slapped her through the phone. It made him sick, but at the same time, he was angry. He was angry that everyone was always reminding him of his unhappiness. Yes, he was unhappy. But he was letting the wound heal. They were the ones constantly poking at the scab. He sighed. 
Look, it's not ideal, but it is what it is. I just don't want to be in a position where I become a burden. Especially not to Kate. You would never be Dash. You can't get someone's respect back once you lose it. If Kate ever starts to see me as a burden, she'll never unsee it. Quinn said with finality. It's better to just endure this hell. That's all. Ashley didn't try to argue with him this time. She was usually pretty good about that. Well, if it makes you feel better, I still really respect you. Thanks, Ash. Her voice was serious. Everyone really loves you, Scott. Me and Mom and Dad, and I'm sure Kate, are all really proud of you. His eyes were tearing up. He appreciated the kind words, but he wasn't sure he believed her. It was hard to imagine anyone being proud of him, considering he wasn't proud of himself. Thanks. That means a lot. Ashley concluded her pep talk with some advice. I know you, and I know you're probably pretty down on yourself, and you're probably crazy tired and stressed, but no matter what happens, don't take it out on Kate. Of course. I never would. Good. Because no matter how much we love you, we love her way more. Ashley giggled at that last part. Quinn sighed but smiled. Are we done here? My break is almost over. Yeah, go back to it, working man. Love you, Quinn replied in kind. When he hung up he had just enough time to splash some water onto his face to disguise the fact that he'd been crying. His eyes were still puffy and red however. There was no hiding that, other than to keep his head down and not make eye contact with his co-workers. The day was long and painful. By the time he was done, his back was hurting. He went to physical therapy. To be while Quinn was being plagued by his own personal failings. Galloway sprawled out across her bedsheets, plagued by her reoccurring nightmares. All around her, the bells, jingles, and electronic tunes from a thousand slot machines went off at the same time, like an insane circus of noise. And somewhere, above the never-ending cacophony of mindless noise, the crisp pop of gunfire rolled through the cavernous room. She was back in the middle of the casino. Smoke was hanging in the air. It was a mix of the cordite from the gunpowder and one of the slot machines that was riddled with bullet holes had caught fire from the showers of sparks that were spewing in all directions. People were screaming. Galloway was standing in the middle of the gaming floor, a look of confusion and disorientation. Across the sea of green velvet table games, she could make out the silhouettes of four robbers. Men wearing ski masks. Large men bad men. Their eyes gleamed with evil fury behind their masks. This time, they weren't chasing her. They were terrorizing everyone around them shooting at the crowd, sending them running, destroying the building, setting it ablaze. They were harming her co-workers. A scream made Galloway jump. Someone she knew. Her heart was pounding as she watched. The robbers swept through the floor like an evil wind, leaving behind nothing but pain and misery. But something was happening as Galloway watched. Something unthinkable. She became aware that she was touching herself. Over her own uniform. She was fondling her tits squeezing and rubbing. Her nipples were hard, pressing through the fabric. She bit her lip. These men were hurting innocent people, and she was turned on. She wasn't afraid. She wasn't horrified. She wasn't upset. She was something worse, an act so hedonistic that her own repulsion fueled her arousal. With a mind of its own, her hands slipped down the front of her pants. Her panties were wet. She couldn't help herself. She leaned against the nearest slot machine and her fingers found her clit and began to move in fast, eager little circles. She sucked in a breath and moaned, even as the next burst of gunfire drowned out the sound of her mounting lust. As the crowd fled in all directions, she spotted a familiar face, as scared as the rest.
Quinn. He was younger. His back wasn't destroyed yet, and his face wasn't aged from pain. He was terrified, because he was looking for her, afraid for her safety. Then he spotted her. Kate! He shouted as he dashed up to her. Are you okay? His eyes were wide, slightly confused to find her just standing there touching herself. She knew that she must look as though she'd completely lost her mind. Maybe she had, because she couldn't bring herself to stop. Galloway didn't trust her voice enough. She was desperately afraid that it would come out lusty. She nodded, still biting her lip. Don't stand there, run! He urged her. But Galloway didn't move. She glanced between Quinn, her friend and lover, and the evil monsters who were probably going to kill them both. The indecision was obvious in her expression. Quinn didn't wait. He grabbed her by the arm and pulled. But he barely budged Galloway. It was the dream. In real life, when she'd been shot, he'd tossed her over his shoulder and carried her out. But now, her feet were planted as though she was made of granite. Again, her eyes were drawn to the attackers. How evil, how powerful, how awful. Her entire body was quivering with excitement. Her wetness ran down her fingers. She met Quinn's eyes, and in them, she saw the comprehension. The horror and betrayal. The questioning look, and the dawning realization that he didn't know who his partner was right now. Then she shrugged him off. There, in the middle of the nightmare, Kate Galloway began to unbutton her uniform. Quinn's eyes widened, but he said nothing. When Galloway opened her shirt, she found that her brow was lacy and white, almost bridal in design, fitting for the hell that she was about to willingly consign herself to. Her big round breasts strained against the tight fabric, her tan skin contrasting pleasantly against the material. When she dropped her shirt on the floor, she collected her shiny silver badge and hooked it onto one of her cups. For some reason she wanted that reminder staring her in the face, reflecting her slutty two-timing features. The duty to protect people, a duty that she was about to betray. Her pants came off next. A matching thong beneath. Quinn cast his eyes down. She was wearing an ankle holster her Smith and Wesson strapped in place. She could have stopped this nightmare at any point. She knew it, and so did Quinn. Then she plucked the gun from her leg and tossed it away. She didn't want to play hero. She didn't want the nightmare to end. She wanted to get fucked. And she wanted those bad men to do it. She wanted to be their slut, and nothing more. She met Quinn's eyes one final time, saw the defeat in them, then she turned her back on her friend. She strode confidently across the gaming floor, angling right toward the masked murderers. When they saw her coming, they paused. Galloway in white lingerie, her dyed maroon hair framing her face. A sexy way of popping her hips as she walked and her badge reflecting the fire that was spreading throughout the gaming floor. Galloway could feel her legs trembling in excited anticipation as she approached. Without a word, they surrounded her. She looked back over her shoulder. Quinn was watching it all from the maze of slot machines, with a look of envy, horror, and humiliation at the abandonment of her morals. He loved her, and suddenly he didn't even know or understand his partner. Then the four masked men were putting their big hands on her, they spun her to face her partner as they roughly cupped her big tits, giving them a squeeze. They smacked her ass, smacked her face. They pulled her hair. They pawed at her. The murderer who had led this plan, this nightmare, had been a spectacularly ugly man with a resume of violence. A rare and monstrous breed of psychopath with a sadistic history. He had a shaved head, prison tattoos up his neck, and wild eyes that gleamed brightly with an almost ephemeral glow. The sick fuck had even filed his teeth down to razor points. 
Galloway had read his name in the paper Henry de Mara. Now this same man was shoving Galloway's hands onto the nearest poker table and pushing her legs apart. And she was gasping excitedly. A naughty smile on her full pink lips. Spread em, slut! He snarled and Galloway swooned, feeling her body melt with his words. A man who she had wished eternal punishment on, she was now presenting her body to. She wanted to feel him inside of her. She was about to do something so wrong, so unspeakable, and she was so turned on that the anticipation alone had brought her close to orgasm. She glanced back at Henry over her shoulder. Take me. I'll do anything you want. She said and sashayed her hips tantalizingly as the four of them gathered around to appraise her body. Their eyes continued to gleam through their masks. Then Henry aggressively yanked her panties down and stuffed them into Galloway's mouth. She almost fainted from the excitement alone. Looking over her shoulder, she expected the men to remove their cocks. Instead, an evil smile spread across Henry's face. He used the tip of his shotgun to nudge her legs further apart. Then he began to curiously probe her pouty pink pussy lips with the end of the deadly weapon. Galloway's eyes widened. Her knees shook. But the thrill was unlike any other. Her heart thundered in her ears, completely drowning out the sounds of a casino in chaos. Henry ran the cold steel barrel along her slit, and Galloway felt a shiver rack her body. This monster of a man was touching her with a deadly weapon. A man who hadn't hesitated to kill before, and would do it again. And yet, he pressed the weapon harder against her wetness, and Galloway felt her but pushing back to meet it. She glanced at him over her shoulder, biting her lip. Her apple-like cheeks flushed red with excitement. Put it in me, she said in a voice that quivered with lust. Typical slut. Henry spat crudely. You'll just fuck anything, won't you? Galloway couldn't stop herself. She was too far down the rabbit hole of pleasure and yearning. She merely nodded her head. She turned back and saw Quinn still standing in the sea of chaos, watching her with disappointment and shame. Then she felt the cold metal of the weapon penetrate her body, and she tilted her head back and moaned. The thrill, the rush, the sheer naughtiness all blended into a morass of pleasure. The gun plunged deep into her, and Galloway felt her body inching back for more. Henry pushed deep with the weapon and held it in place. Galloway did the rest without being told what to do. She held the edge of the table and fucked the shotgun barrel, moving her body up and down its smooth length. Galloway was moaning audibly as she sank her body up and down the deadly steel. How many people had this gun killed today? The rush of excitement was too much. She'd barely gotten started, yet she suddenly felt her body release. Her eyes rolled back in her head. Oh, fuck! Holy shit, this bitch is coming already! The men declared. One of them hopped up on the table in front of her and began to lightly slap her in the face. Isn't that right, you pig bitch? At any other point in her past, Galloway would have broken this man's hand for even touching her. But now she was loving it. She was squealing with delight as he smacked her around, pinched her jaw, called her names. I'm sorry, whore. I didn't fucking hear you. He smacked her on each side of her face until her cheeks were glowing bright red. All the while, she continued to bounce her butt back harder and harder, fucking the gun barrel, taking it deeper, faster, and to new depths. Galloway was aware that she was promiscuous, but had never thought of herself as perverse. But here, in the open, fucking the business end of a gun that had been used to kill people that she knew, she could think of no other word to describe it. It was fucked up. She was a whore, she was a pig, she was a slut who lived to please bad men, because it turned her on. Oh God, it was happening again. I'm coming again. 
She cried out as the robber assaulted her cheeks and spat insults in her upturned face. And as confirmation of that, wet drops ran freely down the gun barrel to highlight Galloway's pleasure. Her orgasms were coming so rapid fire that even she was surprised. She shuddered, having to grip the edge of the table. Her entire body was shaking, racked with pleasure, her tits jiggling. She turned her face up to the ceiling and spat a string of obscenities as she climaxed again and again. She glanced apologetically at Quinn, still watching his face a mask of frozen horror, even as the casino burned around them. Then she stared up into the eyes of her masked tormentor. She ran her tongue over her upper lip, trying to entice him with her raw sexuality. Feed this law enforcement pig what she wants. She hissed out and let her eyes wander to the robber's crotch. He pinched her jaw between his rough fingers. Is that really what you want, whore? He snarled in her face. Galloway let her tongue loll out from her mouth, and she ran it seductively over his thumb. Then we better feed you, right, boys? The robber grinned an evil grin. Please, yes. Her eyes were distant with lust. Galloway was aware of what she was saying, but she couldn't stop herself. Her body was in control now and it wanted to be defiled in every way. Henry withdrew the gun from her pussy. The men surrounded her, standing in a circle. Galloway willingly dropped to her knees on the filthy casino carpet. All around her, the building was still a chorus of chaos. But even that was a turn-on, so public, so indecent. Her former workplace had been violated by these men. And now she was going to let them ruin her too. The men all unzipped themselves and what came into view wasn't what she was expecting at all. Her jaw dropped. They were cocks, but they were inhuman impossibly large like a horse. More shockingly, they were the shade of deep red. When Galloway glanced up, the men were peeling off their ski masks. They weren't the faces of men staring down at her. They were the faces of demons even the traitorous Officer Jones, who Galloway had known personally, was not himself. Their mouths contorted in even sneers, their noses mere serpent-like slits. Their skin was rough and scaly and their eyes gleamed a glowing yellow beneath heavy furrowed brows. Most notable of all, they all had horns wicked curling goat-like horns. The men who'd attacked the casino and shot her had been evil, but now their faces reflected the very epitome of what they were. And Galloway was knelt before their throbbing members, as they were all mounting up to penetrate the hapless security guard. And despite the horror, and the shock, and the sick evil that the four of them radiated, Galloway didn't hesitate. She parted her lips and plunged her mouth down around the first of the monsters. The shaft was huge, but Galloway was determined. Why she was so determined to please this beast, she couldn't say, but her tongue worked eagerly, tasting the entirety of his shaft, sliding along his length, her lips opening wide. She wrapped her hand around his girth and began to stroke as she fed herself. She bobbed her head, moved her face hungrily. When the cock hit her throat, she swallowed him down. The monster moaned, pleased with this slut's efforts. He rewarded her by roughly pulling her hair and forcing more of himself down her throat. Suck, piggy, suck, he growled from the depths of hell. Galloway sucked and licked, even as she struggled to breathe and tears ran from her eyes. Still, she didn't stop. She stroked and licked and sucked like her pleasure depended on whether these monsters were happy. If she did a bad job, they might not fuck her. She would positively die if they didn't take her. Her hand went between legs and when she touched her aching pussy, bolts of pleasure raced through her. Her entire body tingled. Her flesh broke out in excited goosebumps, and her nipples hardened. She furiously rubbed her pussy as she allowed this robber to fuck her throat. Darkness began to dance at the edges of her vision. When she was sure she was going to pass out, 
the monster finally let her up. She gasped for breath, drool running in long streamers down her chin, covering her breasts with a glossy sheen. She wiped the tears from her eyes with the back of her hand. But her jaw was set, her face determined, and her eyes told the story of a woman who absolutely did not want to stop until they used her properly. Then another demon stepped up, slapping her once across the face. A pig like you needs to know her place. He snarled at her. Her face stung, but the pain sent a wave of pleasure through her. Her fingers penetrated herself deeper, faster. Yes, I do. She cried out, sounding like a complete slut. Then she was fellatiating this next monster, just like the last one. Her mouth was sloppy, her hand moving in quick little jerks, and her tongue trying to taste every part of his manhood at once. And when he grabbed her by the head and forced his manhood down her throat, Galloway's eyes fluttered with her own pleasure. Her fingers were coming away dripping, and she had to push a third into her wet folds just to keep up with the demand that her body needed. These monsters were enormous, and to accommodate them into her womb would be a feat in itself. But she was going to. Not just one at a time, but all at once. She wanted them to stuff her to her limits, and beyond. Galloway came up choking and sputtering from sucking the second robber. Slurping her saliva in, before turning to the third man Officer Jones, or what had once been Officer Jones. Now he was a grinning beast of a man with horns and red skin that looked like the fires of hell. And she sucked and sucked until the man was moaning and writhing in pleasure. The world around them suffered, but Galloway was oblivious to the anguish fueled by her own selfish desires. Galloway plunged her fingers deep in herself, and she continued to suck, even as her body sent another shuddering orgasm through her. She'd never known pleasure like this before, and had no intention of ever stopping. Finally it was Henry's turn. Evil mastermind Henry, whose idea it was to turn a robbery into an act of unimaginable violence. Am I being a good little pig for you? She pleaded in a voice that sounded innocent and sweet. Not yet, not until you let us fuck you every single way possible. He snarled. I want to do everything. Galloway moaned. She had both hands locked around Henry's staff now, and was working it vigorously. Her hands made the long journey up and down his shaft, the bulbous head aimed at her chest. I want to fuck you for hours and hours, and I want everyone to know what I'm willing to do for you. She moaned. The words seemed to fall out of her mouth. There was no conscious thought to them. They came from within, as though they were the words of someone else controlling her tongue. But her excitement was genuine. And as she sucked and jerked and stroked and licked, she realized that she had to have these men inside of her body. She had to take them into her pussy and let them plunge their shafts so deep. She wanted them to climax in her womb. Feeling like she'd completely lost her mind with lust, Galloway sensually traced the head of Henry's cock in a figure eight around her breasts, now slick with her drool. She tickled it across the reflective surface of her batch. I need you now. Please! She begged. The four of them were happy to oblige. She squealed in delight as they hauled her to feet. Even her gasps of excitement were so far from her normal tombish voice that she was caught off guard. Then they were literally throwing her onto the blackjack table. Henry grabbed her ankles and there was nothing kind or romantic about the way he forced her legs apart. Don't be gentle with me, she begged them. And then they came at her, intending to grant that wish to brutalize her sexually and not stop until they were done. Galloway quivered in anticipation, never wanting something so badly in her life. The high-pitched screech of an alarm clock cut through the debaucherous orgy. Before they could stuff her the way she was craving, it all vanished. The murderous beasts, the casino, the destruction, the horror. All of it was gone, 
and Galloway sat up in her darkened bedroom, regarding her alarm clock in a death stare. No. She groaned out, in a very similar way that Quinn had hours ago, when he had to get up. Galloway was panting, trying to catch her breath. Her entire body was shaking. She was covered in a sheen of sweat, and her sheets clung to her. When she looked down at her naked body, she saw her nipples were as hard as pebbles, and her pussy was a sopping wet mess. She was positive that she'd been touching herself in her sleep to that dream. When she felt herself now, she almost cried out at the instant pleasure that it brought her. Her pussy was so sensitive, the slightest touch made her jaw clench and her toes curl. There were butterflies in her stomach. She felt like she was free-falling. That same thrill of losing all control was there. She couldn't stop herself. She needed to touch herself now, before the memories and excitement of the departing dream completely wore off and the moment was gone. She ran her fingers over her slit and gasped. She had to throw herself back on the bed, or she was sure she'd fall over from pleasure. Oh my God! She cried out, her hips bucking herself against her fingers. How had she gotten so wound up? Images of the bad men-turned-demons flashed through her mind. The impossible cocks that they threatened her with. The biggest disappointment of all was that she'd woken up before they fucked her. Galloway needed to feel them. She needed more than just her hands. Her fingers alone wouldn't be enough. Not after that dream. Her eyes scanned the bedroom. Her rifle was propped against the wall. Her eyes widened. She remembered the way the bad men had violated her with the barrel of the shotgun and Galloway gave serious thought to using that. No. She dismissed the idea. A dream, a fantasy, that was all one thing. But reality was different. Gun safety had been drilled into her for most of her life. She couldn't violate that now. No way. But beside the gun was her duty belt. And in that duty belt, Galloway couldn't stop herself. She plucked the hard steel baton from its sheath. It was a collapsible ASP. The handle was black steel, about eight inches long. Hard and unyielding. Galloway felt a small thrill as she regarded the weapon. Then she lay back on the bed and teased the cold steel over her warm lips. She allowed an excited sigh of pleasure to escape her throat. Then in one steady motion, she plunged the baton into her pussy. Her eyes fluttered, her body shivered, and her orgasm was almost immediate. Her toes curled over the bed sheets and her breathing turned into a series deep steady gasps. Even as she orgasmed, Galloway continued to slide the heavy stick in and out of her body in long steady strokes. Galloway was supposed to be using this time to get ready for work. Instead, she wasted most of it masturbating with her weapon. She lay on the bed, writhing, gasping, moaning and crying out as she arched her back and bucked her hips again and again. She alternated plunging it deep into her wetness, and bringing it to her mouth to run her tongue across the surface tasting her own juices on the handle. Each time that she orgasmed, she only grew more greedy for another and another. Her tits jiggled, her feet braced on the sheets, and she leveraged her body back and forth as she fucked herself. The headboard began to smack off the wall like it had when she fucked Quinn last night. When she brought herself to her final and most intense orgasm yet, she glanced down and discovered how much wetness she'd left behind on the sheets. Oh my God, she said, breathing hard wiping sweat from her brow and staring at the mess in disbelief. Then the digital alarm clock caught her attention. Oh my God! She cried out. She had less than ten minutes to get ready and head out. Galloway had literally spent almost an entire hour masturbating to a dream that she'd had. And a rather horrific one, at that. But the orgasms. My God, 
The orgasms had been more intense than anything she'd ever felt, and her body had never responded so much to such stimuli, such taboos. As she hurried through her shower, she couldn't shake the guilt of what she'd done. Galloway was all too aware that while poor Quinn was at work, struggling at a job he hated, she had basically been at home, mentally cheating on him. Although their relationship went far deeper than the physical, in such a way that they were perfectly comfortable being open about sharing, Galloway felt that this particular instance really had been cheating. She'd gotten off to the worst fantasies imaginable. Dark, hedonistic thoughts that even Quinn wouldn't approve of because they didn't just compromise her body, but they compromised her soul. How could she ever forgive herself? She paused at the front door. Her stomach rumbled. She didn't have time to eat breakfast, nor had she the time to make herself a lunch. I guess I deserve that. She scolded herself. She would be hungry today, but that was a worthy punishment for the awful things that she'd used her morning to do. When she pulled her apartment door open, she blinked in disbelief. At her feet sat a little cooler with a note attached. It was written in Ethan's scratchy handwriting. We had extra bread so I made you lunch for your training. I can't wait to hear about it. Good luck. You can do this. Ethan. Inside were sandwiches, crackers, and slices of cheese and cucumber. Galloway's eyes softened and she smiled to herself. It was sort of a sad smile. This kid thought the world of her, and she was suddenly worried that she'd let him down because, frankly, she was letting herself down, a lot. But she'd belittle herself later. Right now, she had a friend with high expectations of her, and the last thing she wanted was to disappoint him. 3A Rob had been running mostly on autopilot since last night. He'd given little thought to the incident with the apparition in the glass. A trick of the brain and nothing more. Perhaps his own guilt was haunting him. But that melted away the moment he woke up and consulted the big board of neighbors. Back on the bed, Kelsey lay sprawled out and sound asleep. An entire night of wild fucking will tucker any girl out even ones under the influence of some weird supernatural spell. Even Rob had his doubts that he could type. Kelsey had endless energy. Into his magic computer, and it would come true. If it did, it sounded like a cruel torture. Let the girl sleep. Rob wasn't cruel. Although, speaking of cruel. He glanced over the list of names and apartment diagrams on his wall. Every single one of them was exciting a new and fun possibility of what the day might bring him. But one name in particular made his cock jump. Or rather, two names in particular. Rob had never been a bully before. But the way she had responded to his cruelty, with such intensity. It was hard to forget that. After some careful consideration, he decided it was worth trying again. With a few twists, of course. But today's target wasn't the only project that he had simmering. Rob sat down at his console and began to type. He had a lot of work to do today. 1B Tara Jane, TJ, Berger was humming to herself in the sun. She had the day off, and Chris decided to call out at the last second so they could spend the day together in the same yard where they'd said their wedding vows. They figured some time in the fresh air might be good for them. They'd been in a bit of a fog ever since a few nights ago when they'd come to in their bedroom, sweaty and sticky especially TJ. She'd been covered in sweat. Clearly they just had sex, though either one remembered it. Even weirder, the sex must have been positively acrobatic. Things were broken around the house, the lamp knocked over, their photos on the floor in cracked frames, and their mattress was hanging halfway off the bed. TJ was athletic, but Chris had no idea that the two of them had it in them to fuck so ferociously. They had no explanation for the memory loss. It was weird, and slightly disturbing. 
but TJ was a go-with-the-flow type of woman. She shrugged it off as maybe a glass of wine too many. And as far as Chris was concerned, as long as he'd been the one fucking TJ's brains out, why question it further? A breeze kicked up and rattled the leaves overhead, sending dozens of golden ones raining to the ground to announce the coming of early fall. TJ watched them, with stars in her eyes and a happy smile on her lips. Chris gave her a smile and a wink from where he was standing. He was cleaning a smudge from his glasses with the tail of his shirt. When he replaced them, he goggled at her in that way that people with thick glasses often do. TJ giggled whenever he did, and it made Chris smile. He was glad he'd called off at the last minute. TJ was looking especially good today. She was dressed in a flowery sundress of her favorite color yellow. It matched the bouncy blonde curls of her hair. It clung to the swell of her breasts in a sexy but old-fashioned way that reminded Chris of June Cleaver or something from an old Nick at Night show. And when the breeze kicked up, it lifted her dress to show off her smooth, tan thighs. At one point, he even got a flash of her white satin panties. She was knelt near the garden, transferring flowers from pots to the soil. Nearby was the cluster of towering trees where they had been married. Beyond that sat the rear-tenant parking lot and further still was the iron fence of the sloping hillside cemetery. Chris was digging tools out of a shed that all tenants shared, although very little of them actually used it. TJ was bent over on her hands and knees in the grass. Her round butt was facing him, and when the breeze blew, it lifted her dress again. Chris felt an odd stirring in his pants. Despite how innocent she looked, he couldn't help but think of the broken bedroom furniture. Somewhere behind that free spirit was a total animal that might have awakened— and he was disappointed that he couldn't remember it. He was seeing TJ in a new light. Barely restrained sexual magnetism just below that easy smile, relaxed demeanor, and big Disney eyes, with the long lashes. It intrigued him, and for whatever reason he imagined just coming up behind her and taking her right there in the open field, on all fours like the animals that they were. But he couldn't do that. She looked far too innocent and sweet at the moment. He wondered what it would take to coax it out of her while sober. In each of us is another, whom we do not know. He quoted out loud to himself. What was that? TJ peered back over her shoulder at him, a smile lingering on her full lips. Her voice always calm and relaxing, like she was cooing a distressed animal. The trowel in her hand was heaped with loose soil. Nothing, he said. Chris dusted his hands on his jeans. Sweetie, there should be a couple of bags of nutrient soil in the shed. Could you get those for me? Yeah, sure thing. He paused, and a little smile formed on his lips. Or, we could get them together and maybe, take a little break. For some reason, Chris was feeling slightly, adventurous. He was trying to tempt that inner animal out of TJ again. Would she go for it? In the shed? She looked rather surprised, though not really disturbed. She was smiling. Why not? It's just us out here. She seemed to consider it for a second. But then a flash of red spread across her cheeks and he knew she was going to dismiss him. Go get the soil, pervert. She tossed her gloves playfully at him. Chris couldn't help feeling a little disappointed, but it had been worth a shot. He headed for the shed. The inside was dark and stifling hot, even in the early fall air. Light filtered in from a single window, highlighting the dirt and spider webs. The smell of gasoline and grass clippings was heavy. Chris navigated the collection of lawnmowers and equipment that the landlord used to maintain the property. It was a good thing Chris was skinny. It was a tight squeeze. He peered at the back shelves for several minutes. Bags of mulch, gravel, sand, and dirt were neatly stacked. He spotted TJ's nutrient-rich soil, 
and grunted as he hefted the burden. As he carefully navigated his way back through the jumbled mess of the shed, he heard voices outside. It sounded like someone was talking to TJ. Chris grew slightly nervous. TJ was a bit of a free spirit, but also a tad naive when it came to the ugly side of humanity. She wanted to believe the goodness in everyone, often falling victim to panhandlers and weirdos. Chris was sometimes afraid she'd be an easy target for serial killers or rapists. Curious, he sidled up to the window of the tool's shed. TJ had stopped what she was doing and stood, talking to a man. Chris recognized Rob, from the third floor. The author. Chris had met him a few times in passing, but the guy seemed socially awkward and difficult to talk to. Chris had made a note to purchase a few of the man's books, just so he could have an icebreaker, but he kept putting it off. It seemed now that such a man would be out here in the sun, and openly approaching TJ. Rob was holding an object in his hands. Chris frowned. What was that? A wireless keyboard. Why the hell did he bring one all the way out here? It seemed beyond weird. Even more so when Rob began to type feverishly in one hand. Chris watched discreetly through the dirt-smeared window, trying to make sense of what he was seeing. Then, to his shock and horror, TJ dropped to her knees, reached her hands up, and began to undo Rob's belt. She unzipped his pants and reached her hand inside. The color drained from Chris's face. Was his wife actually taking this man's pants off? Chris's first impulse was to storm out there and confront them. His wife was blatantly and publicly cheating on him. What the fuck? But as Chris watched, Rob typed quickly, half in the moment, and half distracted by what his hurried typing. It was definitely not normal behavior for a man who was hoping for a quickie with a married woman. Every instinct in Chris's body told him to not make a sound. That something bad would happen if he did. Rob didn't know Chris was here, and it was absolutely imperative that it remain that way. Have you missed me? Rob asked, smiling over the keyboard as TJ ran her hand up his leg. Her other hand sought out his cock, and when she found it, she eagerly tugged it from his pants. It flopped freely in the sunlight. Both Chris and TJ gasped at once, but Chris was much more sincere. Rob's penis was huge. The guy easy doubled the size of Chris a solid nine or ten inches, not even fully hard. Oh God, yes! TJ cried enthusiastically. It definitely was not her normal subdued voice. Chris's jaw dropped when TJ opened her mouth wide, and with almost no coaxing, she enveloped Rob's dangling manhood right there in the yard. The entire time, the author was typing away. Chris felt his heart break as he watched his loving wife eagerly devour Rob's penis in the very place where they'd said their vows. Something was very off. Maybe it was merely wishful thinking, but as much as the simplest explanation was that his wife wasn't as faithful as Chris wished, this did not seem at all like Tara Jane. She rarely performed oral, and when she did it wasn't with the expertise that she was exhibiting now. She bobbed her head aggressively. She swallowed him all the way down. Her tongue darted out and played games along his shaft as she went. Despite the leaden ball of internal pain and heartbreak in his gut, Chris felt less like he was watching his wife cheat, and more like she was an imposter wearing his wife as a costume. Even her words and demeanor felt hollow. TJ tilted her face up to peer at Rob over his cock, like she was worshipping him there in the sun. She bobbed her head up and down in long strokes, making sure to taste all of him. She swallowed down his length until she gagged. Good good slut. He moaned in pleasure, a smug smile of triumph spread across his face. Chris balled up his fists. He wanted to storm out there and wipe it from Rob's interloping face. But there was something off that kept him hidden. 
You're good slut, TJ emphasized in a husky voice. She took Rob's thick hearty cock and mindlessly smacked herself in the face with it again and again. It made a wet slapping sound on her rosy sun-soaked cheeks. Careful you don't knock yourself silly. Rob giggled. Knock me silly with that cock, she pleaded. Hurry before someone comes. And then TJ resumed her eager sucking of Rob's manhood. She swallowed him straight down, forcing her nose to his stomach, her wild blonde hair smacking against his waist. She gripped him by the hips and held her face against his body for what felt like hours. Chris was sick with rage and betrayal, but forced himself to observe. He hated himself for not going out there and ending it. When he glanced down, he was even more ashamed to see that he'd grown erect from watching. Don't worry about that. Rob grinned dismissively. Everybody will be coming. Well, maybe not your pathetic pin dick husband. Rob continued as he fed TJ his cock. The mere mention of her husband and TJ bobbed her head faster. Her hand reached up and grasped Rob, stroking him into her mouth with each bob of her head. Drool began to form from her bottom lip, running in long streamers down Rob's balls. Chris blushed red. Tara's hand wandered between her legs, sliding up beneath her sundress. She began to finger herself there in the garden while she sucked off this man. Her mouth made wet puckering noises with each pull from his rod like she was slurping up the best-tasting popsicle ever. Chris's cock throbbed in his pants. He shook his head. He was far too angry for that. TJ continued to gobble and stroke and swallow. She took his cock from her mouth and ran her full lips along his length, kissing him up and down the sides of his manhood. Her hand was busily rubbing between her legs. The sun in her face, she looked like a sex-starved goddess. And to further make that point. Fuck me, please, she hissed out her voice low and desperate. Her big eyes were even bigger as she peered up at Rob. Her hands went from his penis and slid up his thighs, rubbing his belly. There was something about the way she knelt in the grass, running her hands up him and pleading, like she was worshipping some conquering god. And the way Rob stood over her, smiling in triumph, that was exactly the image that came to mind. Get up! Rob snarled at her. TJ almost squealed as she leapt to her feet. Her wish was going to be granted. She bounded to the nearest tree, where she bent forward and slid off her panties. Chris was astonished at how willing and easy she was being about this. All the while, Rob kept his wireless keyboard close at hand. I've been needing this. TJ panted excitedly as she collected her underwear from the ground and offered them to Rob as a memento. Ever since we almost broke the bed, and you pumped your cum into me. God, I hope it took. I want a baby so badly. Chris's mouth dropped open. That's what happened. All this time, he thought the memory block had to do with TJ and him having too much to drink. But now Chris was certain that Rob was behind something much darker. He watched as Rob one-handed the keyboard and continued to type. He's controlling her somehow. It dawned on Chris. As did the memory block. Rob had controlled them both somehow. What awful things had they done? A baby? Oh God. Chris needed to remain absolutely silent. If Rob knew that Chris was here, he was positive he'd wipe his memory again. For the sake of their free will, he needed to stay silent. Otherwise, they'd be slaves. Shit, how long had they been slaves already? Yeah? Rob stroked his cock as he stepped up to TJ. You want to try your luck again? TJ smiled an evil little smile. No. I mostly just want to get fucked by you again. She said, twirling playfully and resting her back against the tree trunk. 
If there was ever a time in his life that Chris could truly feel his heart break in his chest, it was when Rob strode up to his wife and took her right there, on the very spot that they were married. TJ threw her arms around Rob's neck as she drove her face eagerly into his for a hot passionate kiss, and her leg came up naturally, where she rested it on his hip. Her dress inched dangerously high, and Chris watched the momentary awkward shuffle as both TJ and Rob situated themselves. He knew what they were doing they were lining themselves up. A moment later, and Rob's hips pushed, TJ threw her head back and sighed with pleasure, and that was it another man was officially inside of TJ in front of Chris's very eyes. What followed involved very little build-up. Their thrusts were immediately hard, deep, and eager. TJ's body was positively acrobatic. She folded her leg around, behind Rob's, wrapping her smooth silkiness and helping to draw him into her. Her hips pushed into him, trying to take him as fast and deep as she possibly could. Rob reciprocated in kind. He pinned her to the tree. His hips were a blur, his frame looking too skinny in his jeans as he violated Chris's wife in front of him. Chris was gripping the windowsill of the shed, watching this man violate his marriage in the one place that was most special to him. This sunny spot in the backyard had always been that special place where Chris began his life with the woman of his dreams. And now it was forever tarnished. From now on, whenever Chris would look at this place in the yard, all he'd see is his personal pain. All he'd see was TJ, with her head tilted up to the sky as Rob kissed and sucked on her neck. And he'd hear the way she gasped and cried out and cooed as Rob's hips thrust himself deeper and deeper. His bare, unprotected cock traveling into the deepest regions of TJ's body. The shed was stiflingly hot. Large salty drops spilled down Chris's face, and as he wiped them, he realized it wasn't sweat. It was tears. He was crying as he watched this impossible sight, powerless to put a stop to it. TJ's back against the tree. Rob was fucking her like crazy beneath her sundress. The trunk was shaking in a steady rhythm sending showers of golden leaves raining down from the branches. If they weren't being so rough and eager about it, they actually looked like mating lovers in a romantic romp. But TJ and Rob were far too rough, far too aggressive. TJ's hands couldn't get enough of Rob's body, and as he vigorously penetrated her again and again, her hands and legs worked Rob's pants down his narrow hips. His skinny butt came into view, flexing and moving in quick strokes. The golden skin on TJ's smooth thigh was starting to glisten with sweat as she rested it on Rob's hip. From where Chris was standing, he couldn't see the actual penetration. But there were plenty of hints. Each time Rob withdrew, there was a wet sloppy mess between her thighs. Hints of skin and flashes of Rob's huge pale shaft coming and going as it pleased in TJ's body. Heavy balls swung back and forth below TJ's ass. The aggression was unbelievable. TJ was leaning back, bouncing her hips against Rob's thrusts. He pushed hard and fast and TJ pushed right back. She thrust out her lower jaw, breathing hard through her mouth. Her eyes were shut in focused concentration. The curve of her tits was bouncing wildly beneath her sundress. If her dress was low-cut, they would have come popping out minutes ago. TJ reached above her head and grasped at the lowest hanging branches. She hoisted herself up, like she was hanging from playground monkey bars and wrapped her other leg around Rob's waist. Fuck me, Rob, she panted, her voice ragged and husky. Chris could hardly recognize her. But Rob took full advantage of the situation. As TJ hung on to the branches, Rob grasped her ass and pulled her deep into his aggressive thrusts. She threw her hair back and moaned at the sky. Her lovely light-colored curls bounced as the tree above them shook. TJ kicked off her flip-flops, and the toes of her bare feet squeezed tightly. 
She looked like a wild woman and animal that had shed her thin veil of civility and innocence and become the primate within. Rob apparently thought so too. You little garden whore. This is really what you're made for fucking like an animal. Yes, TJ cried out in agreement. Everything else is just a waste of time. A huge waste of time. She echoed. My whole life should be dedicated to fucking and reproducing and fucking some more. I couldn't agree more, Rob grunted. Then fuck me, Rob. Let's do what we're meant to do. Let's reproduce. TJ threw her head back and panted, her strong legs yanking Rob into her again and again, refusing to let go of him until she was satisfied. The tree shook. Her hips bounced and rocked wildly into him. Her tits wobbled beneath her top. Right here in the garden, she continued to pant. Where animals mate, we're meant to do this, right hurry. She cried out as she orgasmed. And still Rob continued to fuck her right through her pleasure. Chris stood silently in self-loathing, listening in anguish to the sound of this fucking intruder bringing such intensity and pleasure to his wife's body. He was positive she'd never stop moaning in ecstasy. And he was powerless to stop it. He could only watch and listen. But just as he was positive that it couldn't get much worse, it did. TJ and Rob continued to gasp in pleasure, relishing in their outdoor romp, that neither of them expected the interruption. The sound of a shocked gasp cut through their pleasant euphoria. When they looked up, they spotted a man gaping back at the two of them. An old man, out for a walk with his dog. He was sporting a classic pair of old man's khaki slacks, a windbreaker jacket over top of a blue plaid button-down. He wore a khaki fishing hat over his silver hair, and his cheeks were chubby and flushed from the activity that he just stumbled upon. He'd been in the act of walking his dog along the alley between the yard and the cemetery, and so happened to catch the debauchery in mid-orgasm. Apparently this hadn't been in the plan, because despite the interruption, TJ was still wildly bucking herself against Rob's steely length of rod, mindlessly impaling herself, even as Rob stopped. Rob's expression also registered bewilderment. Then, to confirm Chris's suspicions all this time, Rob began to type hurriedly, in a race against time. A grin began to spread from ear to ear, and the old man's behavior started to change almost immediately. The old man tied the dog's leash to the fence post. The dog seemed to have no reaction at all frozen in time. Then the old man stepped into the backyard, approaching the pair of lovers. Oh no, 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 Chris mumbled to himself. The old man stopped in front of them, the bewilderment still on his face. He looked far too innocent for what was about to happen. Then Rob lowered TJ to the ground. She smiled at the old man wickedly the grin of a sexual demon who was about to demonstrate her powers of influence. She swung around the old man and pressed his back to the tree. Although he was complacent, his eyes were big and fearful, trying to comprehend what was happening. Rob was aggressively typing nearby, an ear-to-ear grin on his face, his pants halfway down his thighs, and his cock harder and more prominent than ever. The sick fuck was enjoying the scene he was creating, Chris realized. A conductor leading a symphony. TJ reached behind her back and unzipped her undress. She shrugged her shoulders from the straps and slid it down her waist, taking her bra with it. She didn't stop until the swell of her shapely tits came into view. The old man's eyes popped, but he hardly had time to react, because TJ grasped him by the back of his head and thrust his face fully into her chest. She giggled and cooed with delight. His old man's hat fell loose, landing at their feet. His head was bald and TJ rubbed it playfully as she shoved her young tits fully into his face. The old man only struggled for a moment before he seemed to melt into her. TJ started to moan in pleasure, 
and Chris realized that this old man was sucking on TJ's tits. Chris barely had time to process this, because TJ's hand shot down to the old man's crotch and began to aggressively rub. The old man grunted, his mouth muffled against TJ's ten round breasts. TJ rubbed his head with one hand, her face tilted up to the sky as she purred in pleasure, her other hand working in quick grasping circles around the man's crotch, coaxing his manhood to life. And to Chris's shock, he was responding. His dick was growing stiff in his slacks. Then TJ pulled the man's flushed face away from her chest and pushed him eagerly back against the tree. She gave him a wicked smile the smile of a seductress. Then she pressed her face against his, kissing the old man's shocked mouth. Her blonde curls looking so innocent like a fairy in a garden, as she kissed this man who could easily be her grandfather's age. Chris's cock was jumping in his pants like a puppy in a pet store window. He hated every moment of this, but the sight of his pretty bride with her youthful energy aggressively making out with this old man with the rosy cheeks was so obscene that Chris's cock was sensitive to the touch. TJ's hand started to unzip the man's pants right there in the garden, and when his cock came free, TJ peeled her mouth from the old man, taking one final moment to flick her tongue across his lips. Then she slid to her knees, tossed her hair back, and engulfed his ancient direction. This poor old man was definitely not packing the kind of meat that Rob had, but his cock was plump and hard. TJ didn't even hesitate, as she wrapped her lips around it and pulled his cock into her hungry mouth. The old man leaned back on the tree, gasping. Rob watched in delight, stroking himself. See that, TJ? Anyone is welcome to join us, as long as he's not your husband. He giggled. M-M-M-H-M-M-M. TJ's moan of agreement was muffled by her mouthful of dick. The old man clung to the tree trunk like he was holding on during a thrill ride. It must have been years since he'd felt this kind of pleasure, since he'd felt a young slutty mouth work him over. TJ's tongue flicked from side to side across his shaft, and her mouth bobbed eagerly. Oh, oh, the old man was saying. She's a bit much, isn't she? Rob grinned at the old man. He stepped up beside him. But she's a good slut and she'll rock your world, isn't that right? TJ nodded and turned her head flicking her tongue over Rob's penis. Then she engulfed him, bobbing her head, all the while stroking the old man beside her. The two men moaned in unison as this sex-drunk pixie played with their cocks. When TJ turned her head back to the old man and plunged her head down over him, Rob couldn't resist. How long have you been married? He asked the old man, noticing his wedding band. The old man moaned in a combination of pleasure and self-loathing. At forty-five years, he groaned. Next May. Well, congratulations. Rob beamed brightly. The old man flushed with guilt. TJ here was just married last year. Her husband is at work right now. Rob giggled. So what's your secret for staying together for so long? TJ took long hard sucks at the old man as she listened. Her eyes gazing up at him, her lashes batting against her tan cheeks. She moaned with each pull of his cock. Mmm, The old man leaned his head back struggling to form the words as TJ's sloppy sucking grew much harder and more aggressive. T-trust. He stammered. W-we always T-trusted each other. That is important. Rob snickered. Because right now the missus doesn't have to worry what you're up to. Chris hated that smile. Not only was Rob fucking with his marriage, but now he was involving innocent outsiders. Tortured with arousal by his words, TJ finally came off of the old man's cock. Her expression was consumed by sexual energy and raw desire. She grabbed the nervous old man and pulled him into the grass. He stared up at her, not believing this was at all happening, 
even as T.J. nearly ripped him out of his pants and yanked open his shirt. The buttons went flying. T.J. leaned forward and dragged her tongue up from the man's cock, up his chubby belly, all the way up to his chest like a jungle predator taking a long hungry lick of its prey. Her wild blonde hair tickled his skin. I think this sweet little flower needs watering. Rob grinned. T.J. climbed into his lap, straddling him. Her dress was bunched up around her waist. Actually, in this case, this flower will take the water right from any hose she can find. Rob continued. The old man was frozen with shock as T.J. mounted him, straddled him, reached behind herself and grasped the old man's erection and fed it into her wetness. The old man moaned in a surprised pleasure like he'd forgotten how good sex felt and it was all coming back to him. His expression that of a wanderer finding his way home. Then T.J. began to bounce. The old man moaned, his hands went to T.J.'s hips, but she caught them and forced them to her chest, mashing them against her bouncing breasts, bringing one of them to her lips so she could eagerly suck on his fingers. The sight of it all happening like this in broad daylight out in the open was too much for Chris. As he watched through the dirty glass pane, the only thing that he hated more than what was happening was himself, because his hand had tentatively begun to grasp his penis as he watched his wife in action. The things she was capable of, the way her body was moving, the cries of pleasure. Then the old man was moving with TJ. His body giving back as she took what she wanted. His legs moved in the grass, trying to find purchase but failing. He was thrusting up into her bounces, but she had taken the lead with her young nimble body. Yes, yes, yes. She was purring, her tongue hanging from her mouth, tasting her bottom lip. She ran her hand up his body, then leaned forward, mashing her tits to his chest and pressing her lips to his. Her hair hung down, masking their faces as TJ let her mouth roam his. She forced her tongue into his gasping mouth, and started to wrestle it against his. Leaning forward, with her ass exposed, Rob circled them, then knelt in the grass behind her. He stroked his cock as he watched the old man's member disappear in and out of her wet slit. Rob smiled, holding his dick out and made his decision. The old man seemed to pause as Rob pushed his huge staff against TJ's already full entrance. This little flower needs to be pollinated. Rob explained with a grin, biting his lip and pushing himself into her already tight body. I think that can be better done with two bees working the same flower. He laughed. The old man tensed up as Rob was trying to squeeze his cock into TJ's pussy beside the old man's. Even sex-driven TJ seemed to pause. Her pussy was already taken up. But now Rob was forcing his huge member into a pussy that wasn't used to accommodating two in the same hole. For a second, it seemed impossible, even as soaked as TJ was. Rob and TJ had to rock back and forth a little. The old man lay frozen, having his doubts, and coming to terms with this new bit of deviance that he couldn't imagine in his wildest dreams. Then the head of Rob's cock pushed into TJ's body. The fit was tight. His shaft rested painfully hard against the old man's. TJ was gasping, not just in pleasure, but in the pain of being stretched to new limits. But still her hips worked up and down, craving more, urging the men to continue. Rob clenched his jaw, eased his hips back and forth, and soon, most of his shaft was engulfed by the warm wet embrace of TJ's pussy. Oh God, TJ cried. Then her moan turned into a growl as her lips peeled back. Her teeth were clenched tightly together. Yes. She growled between her teeth and melted back. She braced with her arms, her eyes shut, and she pushed herself back onto them, impaling herself on the two cocks at once. Both men moaned, the sensation of their dicks rubbing together, as her pussy milked their members was different but pleasurable. 
If someone were to happen by, the sight that would greet them would no longer be the impression of romantic lovers enjoying an afternoon tryst. It would be complete debauchery. This blonde free spirit, mostly naked, was having her pussy stretched to the limit by this old dog walker, who happened to be in the right place at the right time, and her new master. But there was nobody to see but TJ's dejected husband, who was shamefully rubbing his boner over his pants in the tool's shed. TJ tossed her head back, splashing her blonde hair across Rob's face, and she threw her body into the carnal act. She began to fiercely push herself back against them again and again. Yes, oh YSSS. She snarled, baring her teeth. Their cocks speared into her, going deep. They were covered in her juices. Chris's shorts were beginning to dampen with his own precum. It was an impossible sight. Even with TJ's body sandwiched between them, she was still the aggressor. She was pushing back against them, putting in the most work, and gaining the most pleasure. For the men inside of her, it wasn't about the pleasure her body was bringing to them. It was completely about violating her. She was theirs to do whatever they wanted with, and they wanted her to remind them of that with every moan, every grunt, every bounce, and every push. More! More! TJ was moaning loudly. More! I like it rough. Chris wasn't sure how long the three of them went at it laying in the grass like animals. The men penetrated her for what felt like long torturous hours. TJ moaned and writhed. She pushed her ass back again and again into her two conquerors. She threw her head back and seemed to howl at the sun in pleasure. Sweat was soaking their bodies. She leaned down and lapped drops from the old man's bald head. Suddenly the old man's movements became fearful, urgent. TJ could feel how swollen his stiffness had become. He was on the brink. Yes, please. She begged. She's been trying for a baby. Rob grinned. Let's give this flower what she wants. The old man couldn't form the words. TJ threw her head back and sank herself as deep as she could go on their cocks. She moved her hips in urgent little rotations, tempting them both into crossing the threshold. And then it came. The old man cried out in pleasure, his hips bucking with a mind of their own instinctively driving his cock as deep as he possibly could into her womb. Then the hot release of his cum flooded her womb and enveloped both his and Rob's cocks. The spreading warmth was too much for Rob and a moment later, his own balls let go. His seeds spread into TJ's body, a flood of reproduction filling the young wife to the brink, until it spilled out between them in a wet sticky mess that clung to their cocks, their balls, their laps and their clothing. TJ squealed in knowing delight, and Chris had to bite his lip in morbid shame as his own cock gave out a regretful twitch and filled his shorts with a hot sticky mess. No. He cried softly to himself, tears of misery running down his face as he messed his clothes from watching the defilement of his own wife. The old man clung to the grass on either side of him like he was afraid he'd float away. TJ continued to piston her body up and down between their cocks, steadily impaling her body on them making sure to pack their semen in as deep as she could doubt it gushed out around their cocks, but still she continued to grind and thrust and twerk, stuffing herself with their hot fertile offering. She worked her nimble athletic body until their drained cocks went limp and the pressure of her tightness squeezed them both out. Their cocks came free, and the three of them lay limply in the grass, like three satisfied beasts. Rob, still naked from the waist down, retrieved his wireless keyboard and typed a few passages. Without a word, TJ began to dress. Her expression was blank. The old man's worries appeared honest and legitimate. Chris wondered if that man had been under any kind of spell at all, or if he was of sound mind. What happened? He blinked, horrified by the blankness of TJ, the casualness of Rob, 
and his own realization that after forty-five years of marriage, he had given in to temptation. He regarded the forbidden fruit in the garden who'd violated his marriage TJ had put her dress back on and was looking as innocent, sweet, and wholesome as ever, except for the healthy wad of cum that was running down her inner thigh, down past her knee, and onto her smooth calf. What happened? Rob said, disinterested. Is we had a good time. Now TJ has some gardening to do. I'm going back inside, and you, well, you go do whatever the fuck you want. Go home to that wife of yours. I'm sure she'll be wondering why your walk took you so long. Then Rob laughed cruelly, and headed for the house, leaving a bewildered old man standing shamefully in the backyard, next to TJ who resumed her gardening like nothing at all had happened. But Chris knew. Chris had seen it all. 1A The night was settling in, and Danny Esposito glanced nervously at the clock. She'd been in a fog all day, having not at all remembered what she'd done last night while on her FaceTime call with her brother. Now that the time was approaching, all of the pieces snapped back into place, and she remembered what she'd confided in Bill that she loved him as more than just a brother, that she thought of him as more than just a sibling, and that she wanted him to think of her in the same way. She'd exposed her body to him, touched herself in front of him, and begged him to reciprocate. Even now, thoughts of Bill sparked an arousal in her that she never knew she had. She was turned on just by the thought of him. But this came with new concerns Bill had rejected her. He had been shocked and horrified by the display from his little sister, and had promptly signed off. Now their nightly FaceTime call was approaching, and although Danny's feelings and lust for her brother were stronger than ever, she was terrified by what she might see when Bill called. If he called. He was late. She looked at the clock. Three minutes past the deadline. Bill was prompt always reliable. It was one of the many things she loved about him. But now he was late, and she had a terrible feeling of why Bill was avoiding her. She'd frightened him, and now the man she loved the most was never going to speak to her again. And if he did, surely it would never be the same. The bond was broken. Danny stirred. Oh no, she said. What if something happened to him? What if her behavior had nothing to do with it? What if his base was under attack or... Her tablet began to ring. The sound was so startling, Danny nearly threw it across the room. She glanced at the screen. It was Bill. Her heart was pounding so hard that it threatened to beat out of her chest. Was he calling to yell at her? To articulately reject her? To tell her that he was calling some doctors for help and to medicate her? Or would he simply pretend that yesterday never happened? Compose yourself, compose yourself. She said quickly, straightening her hair and taking a deep breath. She was actually dressed tonight. A pair of gym shorts that displayed her long legs, and a hooded sweatshirt with the eagle, globe, an anchor emblem of the U.S. Marine Corps. It was one of Bill's. She was positively drowning in it. She answered and Bill's face flickered into view. He was back in his section of the green canvas tent, pinups on the walls and desk lamp on. His expression was, off. Danny understood why. He was as uneasy as she felt. Hi. She squeaked out nervously. Hi. He responded. The awkwardness of the conversation was nearly unbearable. Danny nervously chewed on the tip of her finger. So, how are you? I'm good, he answered too quickly. And Danny noticed a nervous blush creeping across her brother's cheeks. There was something endearing and cute about it, even though Danny had never been more terrified to have a conversation with her brother. He was so handsome. Her marine. The sight of him made her tingle all over. She could feel it between her legs, like a subconscious response. Danny's heart was pounding. 
The tension was killing her. What was he going to say? Finally, he took a deep breath. I was hoping to ignore what happened yesterday. Pretend like it never happened, but I can see that's not really possible. Bill admitted. Danny blushed bright red. The heat wasn't just on her face, though. She could feel it elsewhere. How could she be so nervous yet turn on? The feeling was thrilling. Like a first date. She found that she had to really resist the urge to touch herself over her gym shorts. For a second, she didn't trust herself to speak, afraid that her voice would catch and be extra squeaky and annoying. But she could see that Bill wasn't able to find the words. So Danny took the initiative. I meant what I said, you know. About you and I, and being attracted to you. It sounds stupid and weird and creepy, but... I can't help it. I can't stop wanting you, and thinking about you in a way that I know is so wrong and I shouldn't and dash. Bill held up his hand to interrupt her. Danny, I can't stop thinking about it either. Danny glanced up, genuinely surprised, and could see Bill's cheeks had colored significantly. He could hardly bring himself to look at the tablet screen. What? He swallowed and lowered his voice. I haven't been able to stop thinking about it since yesterday. Danny nearly fainted from surprise and delight. She was bowled over. Wait, you mean? She bit her lip. You were turned on? Bill shut his eyes. He was blushing from his hairline down his neck. He nodded, looking nervous and guilty, like he had done something wrong in admitting this. You're right. It is fucked up, and weird, and wrong. I know this. But I couldn't stop thinking about it after I signed off, and last night I... Ship! Danny lowered her voice as she shushed him. Look at me, Bill. Her voice became husky. Her normally squeaky voice dropping to reflect how excited she'd been feeling since these thoughts of her brother had turned sexual only days ago. Bill nervously opened his eyes. She met his and softly ran her finger over the screen. I love you, and I wish you were here right now, so I didn't have to do this alone. And then Danny scooted back from her tablet screen, sitting on her bed. She grasped the bottom of her sweatshirt and brazenly pulled it up over her head and tossed it away. Her long, dark hair cascaded down over her shoulders. Her brow was pink lace and pleasantly cupped her small perky boobs. Her tummy was taut and narrow. This time Bill didn't freak out or protest. He stared at her through the screen. His expression a whirlwind of conflict, shame, guilt, and anticipation. Danny recognized that. Her brother saw something he liked and didn't want to stop her. Not this time. If you want me to stop, I will. She smiled, trying to sound sincere, but a part of her knew she was teasing him. She reached her hands behind her back and unhooked her brow. Bill's throat bobbed. His mouth was very dry. Finally, he shook his head softly. Keep going. His voice barely a whisper. Danny smiled and her brow fell away. Bill's eyes traveled down his sister's face to her chest. Danny's heart was pounding at the realization that her brother was looking at her boobs. A shiver of excitement rolled through her, and when her hand went to one of her breasts, she found her nipple rock hard. Do you like them? Danny bit her lip and adjusted herself on the bed until she was kneeling on her bedspread putting herself on display and sitting back on her feet. Her hands roamed her breasts, pinching and squeezing them. Yeah. I do. Bill let out a soft, nervous laugh. Even in the video screen, Danny could see her brother's chest rising and falling quickly. The poor man was breathing so hard. It thrilled her in ways that she never felt before. Danny felt so alive. I wish you were here touching them. She closed her eyes and cooed softly, massaging and rubbing them. She pinched her nipples and gave them a little twist until she let out an involuntary sigh of pleasure. 
Oh my god! Bill murmured as he watched. Danny's one eye opened slightly. It's okay, Bill. You can touch yourself. I want you to. Then her hands continued to explore. In the video, Bill looked nervous and ashamed, like at any moment someone could storm in and catch him with his sister. He was on edge, his pulse pounding harder than it ever had before in his life. His hand disappeared from view, and when Bill let out a soft sigh of excitement, Danny knew. The Esposito siblings were masturbating in front of each other. Kneeling on the bed, Danny parted her legs. Her shorts were especially short and revealing. Even Bill couldn't resist commenting. God, you have amazing legs. Yeah? She peered up at him and gave him a naughty smile, her hair falling across her face. Bill nodded, and from his hand movements and heavy breathing, she knew he was pumping his cock. Yeah, they just go on and on. You should see what's between them. Danny smiled teasingly and slid her hand down the front of her shorts. She sighed almost instantly. I am so wet, she said each word slowly, her tongue forming the words as though she was tasting a foreign dish. Oh my god, Bill groaned softly. Wanna see? She asked, letting her voice take on an innocent tone. Bill swallowed again, then managed to blurt out. Yes. Okay, but I want to see you, Danny said, and her eyes wandered down her brother's frame. All of you. Bill nodded and slowly got up from his desk. He carried the tablet over to his cot. While he did, Danny rolled onto her back, kicked her legs in the air and shed her shorts, tossing them away. Her shade pussy glistened from the wetness that had already been forming since she'd started this call. Now she lay on her back, parted her legs, and ran her hand over herself. Her whole body quivered. Danny couldn't remember a single time in her life when she'd been this worked up. When she turned her head to the screen, her brother had shed his shirt and was bare-chested. His muscles were sculpted like a G.I. Joe, and he had several military tattoos. Then came the clink of his belt and his pants being lowered and Danny couldn't resist running her tongue over her lip as she waited. When Bill settled onto his back, Danny gasped at the sight of her naked brother. Bill, oh my God, she muttered. Is everything okay? Bill asked nervously. Danny's jaw was hanging open. Your cock, she marveled. It's so fucking big. Her eyes drank in the sight of him. His penis was standing at attention, rigid and hard and throbbing. It was as vain and muscular as the rest of him. Danny chided herself for not coming to this conclusion sooner that her brother was the perfect man for her. Bill was nervous, but he looked more relieved. His hand tentatively reaching for it again, as he lay in full view of his sister. He started to stroke softly. Is that a good thing? A very good thing. Danny's eyes were fixed to her brother's tool. It's thick. Her mouth formed the words, but felt like she was drooling. And long, very long. Her hand resumed rubbing herself, but now her heart was pounding for a whole new reason. Oh my god, I'm so happy. She laughed slightly. W, what are you thinking about? Bill asked as he watched his sister touch herself and stroked his member. When you get home, me greeting you at the airport. All I can imagine is me bent over in a parking lot somewhere, because we couldn't make it home, Danny admitted. Her fingers came to rest on her clit and started to move in fast little circles. Oh my god, Danny, Bill moaned slightly, but his tempo increased as well. Yes, she moaned as her hand found just the right spot. Her hips bucked on the bed. God, I wish you were here right now. Yeah? Bill's long smooth strokes were coming faster. He'd managed to coax a drop of precum from his shaft. It clung to the head of his cock like dew on a leaf. Danny had the uncontrollable desire to taste it. 
I don't think I'd be able to stop kissing you, Danny confessed. Even as she said it, Bill's cock rewarded her with a visible spasm. She'd made her brother's cock jump. Danny tossed her head back and moaned. Her fingers were a blur. Her lips parted. Oh God, Danny. When she turned back to the camera, Bill was looking at her. His eyes were wide open, wanting to take in every inch of his sister's naked body. The pleasure on his face was apparent. What would you do to me? Danny asked him. I I don't know. Bill stammered, his face bright red with uncertainty. This is all so new. He grunted and bit his lip. His hips thrust mindless against his hand. Danny saw it. I think we both know what you do. She giggled in delight. At least your body does. Bill's hips gave a lurch, and both Bill and Danny laughed lightly in the throes of pleasure. Yeah, I think so too. He grunted. I, I, I'd fuck you, he said finally. And he almost seemed to breathe a sigh of relief when he got it out in the open. I'd fuck the hell out of you. He gasped again, his hand working faster, his head lolled back for a second, his eyes shut. I'd fuck you for hours. Yes, Danny moaned in pleasure. Fuck me, Bill. We'd have to send for takeout and delivery because we wouldn't leave this bed for days. Both Esposito's siblings were masturbating so feverishly that their hands were a blur. Two blood-related hands on different sides of the globe doing the same thing at the same time, and their thoughts clouded with taboo lust for each other. Oh God, Danny, that sounds amazing. Bill gasped. Drops of precum were freely spilling down his length, running over his knuckles. I want to taste you. Danny moaned, watching her brother's seed starting to flow. I want to ride you. I want to take you in every position. Oh God. Bill continued to moan in pleasure. I want to fall asleep in your arms and wake you up to do it all over again. Danny continued to moan. Danny. I. Bill's hips were thrusting upward into the air, over and over again, as though he really did have his sister in his lap. I know, Danny said. The truth was that she was just as close too. Just keep going. Your hand is my hand. Bill gasped. That's not you touching your cock. That's me. Fuck. Bill moaned. I want you to come inside of my pussy, so badly. Danny. Oh, fuck. Bill bit his lip, his eyes fluttered, and suddenly he stabbed upwards into the air with his solid manhood. The first shot of white cum rocketed high. Oh, me too. Danny cried out. Her hips bucked as though she was accepting her brother's seed thousands of miles away. Her fingers danced on herself, and her body went into convulsions like bolts of electricity were shooting through her. And fuck me! Bill gasped with the ropes that shot forth knowing that each had been meant for his own biological sister. The cum landed in warm wet lines across his bare thighs and on his canvas cot. Danny's soft squeaky voice matched Bill's, and they climaxed together. When it was over, they both lay panting on their beds, miles apart. Bill finally managed to find his voice. Holy shit! He gasped, an expression of disbelief on his face. Danny could see the post-orgasm shame. The thought of did that really just happen, mixed with pleasure, mixed with what have I done. Hey, Danny said. When Bill was finally able to meet her eyes, she smiled warmly at him. I love you, and I'm so glad we did that. You didn't do anything wrong, because we both wanted that. And I want to keep doing it, because this, this is something special. Bill smiled nervously and let out a sigh. I agree. Then we'll keep doing it. And when you're lonely at nights, I want you to close your eyes and think about me. Danny smiled. Bill shook his head in disbelief. 
I don't think I'll be able to stop thinking about it. Two way Ethan was feeling on edge, and not really himself the entire day. Much of it had to do with his mother, her behavior from the last few nights, and the way Ethan's thoughts and body were responding to it. He felt like he was teetering precariously at the edge of something dangerous. She was making advances toward him. Part of him a very perverse and guilty part wanted to take the plunge. But his common sense, instincts, and natural wiring screamed no. She's your mother, that is so fucked up. He managed to successfully avoid her all day today, hoping that if he allowed some time to cool off, things would settle back into normalcy. He was sure they would. His mother was probably just stressed from work and a lack of men in her life, and Ethan, well, lack of a girlfriend was probably just leaving him frustrated and desperate. He'd gotten up early before his mother was even awake, and decided to go for a walk in the hopes of avoiding her. He paused in the hallway and gave Kate Galloway's door a longing glance. He knew his mother wasn't the only reason he was feeling out of sorts. Ethan had a crush. There was no denying that. Kate Galloway was so cool and hot and fun and funny. He wasn't an idiot. She'd never be into a guy like him with his young age and his limitations. But still, he was able to let the fantasy carry him each day, right up until he found out she had a boyfriend. That was what really drove it home that she wasn't into him and never would be. Although he didn't want to, Ethan thought it best to avoid her today as well. Let her have her fun with her boyfriend. He'd just prefer to not see it. He headed for the stairs, paused, and looked to her door again. He sighed. He shouldn't direct his personal disappointment onto her. They were friends and he needed to be steadfast about that if he wanted to keep her in his life. He went into his kitchen and put some things together for her. Outside of her door, he left a small cooler and a note. We had extra bread so I made you lunch for your training. I can't wait to hear about it. Good luck. You can do this. Then he went for a walk. Not that he could go very far with his crutches and no car. But he headed for the center of town and eyed the buildings around him. His mood wasn't only about his mom and Galloway, he realized. In general, Ethan was experiencing a loss of purpose. He was 18, but he wasn't going to school they couldn't afford it. He didn't have much of a social life. His mom worked very hard to take care of them. And though she might not like it, maybe he should pull his weight. That was exactly why he found himself headed for his favorite place the library and asking for a job application. Without even needing to fill it out, he knew he got the job but it was a shallow victory. He resented the way the librarian had smiled and looked at him when he inquired with pity. She wasn't hiring Ethan, she was hiring a pair of crutches. Story of my life. He stayed out for most of the day. When he returned home in the evening, he spotted a note on the door. Thank you so much for lunch. You are the freaking best. Galloway. Ethan breathed a sigh of relief when he made it to his bedroom without an awkward moment from his mother. This was nuts. Was he actually hiding from his mother? Little Meg who was barely five feet two inches and looked like a Christmas elf? The thought was absurd. He started to laugh. Ethan leaned out his bedroom door and called down the hallway. Good night, Mom. I love you. He could hear the shower running his mom was probably having a quick one before bed. Good night, sweetie. Meg shouted back. She sounded normal. But she also had last night before she kissed you, with her tongue. Ethan remembered. He immediately dismissed the thought. Stop it. He played on his computer for a bit, then laid on his bed and read until he was sleepy. He shut off the lights and thought about Galloway. Maybe he could do something else subtle but nice for her. 
just a little nudge to remind her that she had a friend who was thinking about her. That was when Ethan heard the patter of bare feet on the hallway floor. His mom. She was coming. The feet paused outside of his open bedroom door. From where he lay on his bed, he could see out into the hallway. His heart sped up. He wasn't sure why. She was probably just coming to check on him. Regardless, he was worried that something weird would happen again. He shut his eyes. Meg paused in the doorframe. She watched her son sleeping for a moment. The soft glow of his laptop screensaver cast warm light across his features. She had no idea that his one eye was partially open near his pillow. She bit her lip and gently tapped her nail against the doorframe. Ethan didn't stir. She watched him for several seconds more. By now, Ethan's heart was drumming in his ears. He wasn't sure how he was able to lay so completely still for so long. He was sure that he was trembling. What would she do if he was awake? Even in the gloom of the bedroom, he was positive that he could see his mother's expression. Her eyes looked lusty, nervous, but like something was on her mind nothing good. She was softly chewing her lower lip. To his own shock, he found himself admiring his mother, the way she was admiring him. She looked sexy. She was wearing her robe after her shower. It was cute and short, like a little fluffy dress. Ethan could see her legs in the poor lighting. They were shiny and smooth. Meg had freshly shaved them, among other things. She continued to regard him for a while. Then he watched her hand lift up and run over her chest. She was touching her breast while staring at him. His heart nearly leapt into his throat. Was he really seeing this? Pissed Ethan? She whispered, her voice barely a breath in the night. Ethan didn't stir. He continued to lay there, pretending to be asleep. And when he didn't move, Meg did it. She untied her robe and shrugged it down her shoulders. Ethan nearly gasped. His mother was completely naked beneath. Her perky breasts on full display in the glow of the meager lighting. Her tummy curved pleasantly to a completely smooth and shaved pussy. Her little body was cute and very inviting. She leaned her butt against the door frame and trailed her fingers down along her skin, her robe barely hanging on her body. In the dark, Ethan didn't recognize his mother. She looked like a seductress, a sex demon. She leaned her butt against the frame. Her fingers slid down to her pussy. Oh God, she was touching herself. She began to rub. Ethan fought to keep his breathing calm and gradual. Things had been weird the past few days, but this was nuts. His mother moaned softly as she ran her hands over herself. The sound of her soft sigh stirred something in Ethan. Oh no. While he may not want it to, Ethan's penis was waking up. He could feel it growing against his thigh. Fuck, 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 this was so wrong. He glanced back to his mother. Maybe it wasn't her specifically who was spurring his manhood to life. In silhouette, she didn't look like his mother. Her short, bouncy hair hid the cute, familiar features of her face. And her body, her nice, perky breasts, and flat tummy, her thicker butt and thighs. Ethan didn't realize how perfect his mother's body was. She was built like a porn star, and it was never more apparent than right now, as she stood in his doorway, exposed and touching herself. Her hand worked smoothly between her legs. Ethan's cock jumped again as he wondered what she must be thinking, touching her sex like that in her son's bedroom doorway. He had an impulsive, almost overwhelming urge to call out to her. What would happen? Would she scamper off embarrassed? Or would she saunter into the room and climb beneath the covers with him and start to kiss him all over? She's your mother. His common sense screamed and Ethan snapped out of the fantasy. He needed to stop thinking like this. But laying on his side, 
His throbbing erection seemed to point at exactly what it wanted. Meg's bare foot slid forward and back. She rested her head against the door frame and seemed to moan at the ceiling. She was growing emboldened with her sounds, and Ethan was pretty sure she was trying to wake him up. One hand on her breast, squeezing and massaging, and one hand between her smooth thick thighs she looked like she was doing a slow sensual mating dance for her own son. Ethan could see the way her fingers moved and knew that she was slow fucking herself with her slender fingers. Ethan found himself wondering and fantasizing about what she'd feel like. Her warmth, the pleasure her body could bring to his. He'd never felt more pulled in two different directions in his life. A very pronounced and aroused part of himself wanted desperately to feel his mother, to plunge himself into the same body that had made him, and to pleasure it in deep and carnal ways. But the rational side was ever-present, and it urged him, like a sixth sense, to lay there and not make a sound. Meg's sighs were turning into whimpers. Her soft voice sounded like a whining puppy. She was gasping and moaning quietly with each thrust of her finger. Her other hand restlessly alternated breasts, massaging and playing with one, then the other squeezing and rubbing, pinching and pulling her nipples. Her fingers went to her mouth, and she softly sucked at it. Ethan's cock was twitching and throbbing with a mind of its own. He watched the silhouette of his mother as she worked her finger in and out of her lips, and her other in and out of her pussy. She looked naughty and sexy and incredibly hot as she simulated getting fucked and sucking at the same time. Ethan almost whimpered out loud. His dick was so hard that it hurt. He needed some relief, desperately. Meg's panting breaths were coming quicker. Her whimpers fast. Her hands were working in time with her gasps. Ethan could clearly see the long strokes she took as she fucked her finger in and out of her body. Her hips moved in time with her thrusts, and Ethan realized that those hips were craving him his cock. The realization sent a tingle through his body, and he suddenly felt something happening. Oh no. He shut his eyes. It wasn't possible, he hadn't touched himself at all. But the way his cock was strained against the fabric of his pants, the way this woman in the doorway was panting and masturbating like a porn star, and the taboo that it was his own adorable and loving mother who he shared an apartment with, it was all too much. Meggie's back arched, her head tilted to the ceiling and a moan escaped her lips. She clamped her hand over her mouth to silence it, but Ethan could hear his mother's battle to orgasm quietly. She was standing in his doorway climaxing and struggling not to make noise. Ethan understood, because a moment later he was fighting that same battle. Something about the whole situation had set him off without him ever having to touch himself. His cock began a series of twitches and jerks and finally, the release. He could feel the spreading hot stickiness filling his pajama bottoms. He squeezed his eyelids shut, trying to stop it, but he had no control over his own body. In seconds his balls had emptied their payload into his pants gluing the soft fabric to his shaft and legs. His heart continued to pound and it took everything Ethan had to control his breathing. It was the most erotic moment of Ethan's life, and also the most embarrassing, shameful, and weird. He'd come to his own mother. The thought alone made him want to groan in shame. He opened his eyes and blinked. The doorway was empty again. His mother was gone. Had she finished after getting herself off and departed? Or had he made a sound and alerted her? Oh God. Ethan lay still for several minutes, staring blankly, not comprehending what just happened, and not wanting to move. Finally, the stickiness in his pants spurred him up. He sat up, alone in his bedroom, and stared down at the reality before him. His own mother had made him come in his pants. One Bitera Jane was exhausted. She couldn't remember anything that happened in the garden. 
Just like before, there was a time gap in her life. The last thing she remembered was being alone, potting flowers as Chris went to the shed. Then when she came to, she was a sweaty, sticky mess. Chris had been standing in front of her, and he looked like he'd been crying, his face contorted with worry. Perhaps she'd fainted from heat stroke, or sunstroke. Those things could happen. Maybe she'd been dehydrated and had passed out. She had certainly felt thirsty. When she blinked at Chris, he told her that's what had happened. Although the way he'd questioned her, the way he looked at her, it almost seemed like he was lying. Like he was trying to decide if he should be mad at her. TJ was afraid. Had she done or said something wrong when she'd been unconscious? Had she cursed at him? Perhaps she'd been so delirious that she'd insulted him. Regardless, she seemed better, and Chris had been loving and concerned. But something was on his mind the entire rest of the night, distracting him. Once they'd gone to bed, TJ had fallen into a deep sleep very quickly. But Chris lay awake. He was thinking. He hadn't been able to stop since that moment in the garden. He believed TJ. She legitimately did not remember anything. Whatever forces had been at play, she had not acted of her own free will. And whatever had been controlling TJ's actions was not her it was an imposter. The image of Robert Bradford in 3A invaded Chris's thoughts. He went red with rage. How fucking dare he? That sick son of a bitch had figured out some mystical mind control power, and he'd used it on Chris's wife, treating the love of his life like a fucking sex doll. Chris determined right then that he was going to make Rob suffer for that. But how? This wasn't exactly the sort of thing that he could go to the police with. Excuse me, officer, but this author has a magic computer that put a spell on my wife and made her do all sorts of perverse things. That was laughable. Chris would find himself locked up in an asylum, and Rob would be free to do whatever the fuck he wanted with whoever he wanted. No. It was absolutely imperative that Chris stay guarded. He was the only line of defense against this monster. For the sake of TJ, for the sake of everyone in the building, and for the sake of humanity, he had to be cautious, deliberate, and stay off the radar. It had been by sheer luck that Chris hadn't been caught today. Rob had gotten careless and stupidly thought Chris was at work. And now Chris knew everything. He needed to proceed carefully, or else he might end up with his memories erased as well. Chris didn't know how many times Rob might have done this to him and his wife, but he was positive it would stop now. Computer. It had something to do with Rob's computer. Lucky for him, Chris was a computer specialist. Chris was going to figure out what was going on, and he was going to make that son of a bitch pay. Continue in the next part.